Around Comics, Episode 43. Chicago, this is Around Comics, a weekly roundtable discussing topics in and around the world of comics. I'm your host, Christopher Neesman, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime and the producer of the show, Brian Salazar. Hello. And we have our Around Comics regular, Mr. Tom Caters. I feel like we're getting the band back together. Yeah, how about it? We're back together. <laughs> Everyone's on the same place. We're all here. It's like the first time. time in a month. Yeah, can you feel the magic? It's it's palatable. It smells funny, but <laughs> it tastes like battery. Like if you stick a battery on your tongue, it's there. That's it, the electric. It, taste anybody who uh, missed us last week, and I know there's one or two of you out there. That's because Sal uh, was indisposed, and so we all converged on Dark Tower, and I had production duties, and I screwed up the episode. Yeah. It was so. like uh, the Flintstones. He had a parrot like carving it into a rock, and like. <laughs> At the end, the parrot turned out and I was like, this job sucks, and flew <laughs> off with the whole episode, and we didn't have anything. So there are bits and pieces of an episode laying out there somewhere in the middle of the road. Yeah, but, uh, not a whole lot. You know, the funny thing is, I was listening to it, and I went, wow, it's funny, I can hear Chris, but nobody else. It's the perfect show is it for just Chris. Chris. It's just Chris. Did it's you all... get to hear how I said I w- I'm more scared of Art Spiegelman than of uh, Neil Gaiman? <laughs> no, I didn't hear that. <laughs> That's a topic it, for another time. Was that after my comments? Yeah, was I that, said oh, I would yeah. rather well, fight was, Neil Gaiman than There was some gold. There was some gold. So anyway, uh, last week we were uh, going over what, against the grain uh, comics that you loved or hated that it seemed like everyone else had we'll the opposite. We'll do it opposite. again. Moment. And we'll do it again. And thank <clears> you, everyone, that we called. And, and uh, I appreciate your time. Sorry I screwed it up. So, But this week we're going to be talking about multi-purpose creators. And, uh, or as I like to call them, greedy bastards. Oh, sorry. Oh. But we have a, a great guest. Uh, Andy Parks will be joining us in just a few moments. But first, I'd like to remind everyone that this episode of Around Comics is sponsored by YouBuyNow.com. Um, Tom, can you tell everyone about YouBuyNow.com? Uh, yeah, sure. Let me just find my spot where I'm reading it. Uh, this episode is sponsored by YouBuyNow.com, your spot on the web for toys, action figures, collectibles, and prop replicas. Check out their excellent selection of DC Direct, Marvel Legends, Master Replicas, Star Wars figures, and more. That's YOUBuyNow.com. And now, the good folks at YouBuyNow.com are offering a 10% discount to all Around Comics listeners. Just use the coupon code AROUNDCOMICS, open parent, all one word, close point parent. <laughs> when placing from the script again. Yeah, when placing your order and receive an additional 10% off. YouBuyNow.com, check them out today. <laughs> you know, you have you have like that that weird. Uh, um, weird is the word. Yeah, well, weird is the, yeah. Grease is the word. No. Um, How do you get beat by grease in basketball? How does that happen? By the way, we lost to grease. We yeah, lost to we grease. lost to grease. Oh, whatever. How does that happen? Oh, They're over. Suntress is over I'll here. Tell you the, how. the resident Greek. <laughs> I tell you how. I tell you how yeah. you do it. That they make a hell of a salad. Hell of a salad. The international rules are set up to give an advantage oh my to God, team basketball, up. team play. It's you know it's set up. How so many that points did we score in the slam dunk contest? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Was there no was there no slam dunk contest? No, Tom. They don't Around have that. Comics is recorded every Friday from seven to nine at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at forty eight thirty five Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you're in the area, please drop by. We would love to meet you. And we have a, a shop full of folks uh, this evening. Uh, I think the second half of the show they're gonna. Um, pop, pop in, pop, pop in on the panel. We've got Scott Cedarwin. We've got Ted, who actually made his Around Comics uh, debut last week, which is and now lost forever. Erased. That's uh, APOC on the forum. John, <laughs> John Suntress has dropped in. So we got a we got a full boat tonight. So they'll. I, and I'm trying to convince John just to be part of the show from now on. It's just like let's just wrap word John. balloon. Right into Around Comics. You don't have to worry about the Around website. Around Word Balloon. Around Word Balloon. Hey, huh? we'll, we'll huh? take your listeners. Pal. We don't have to do interviews <laughs> anymore. All right, guys. July August contest. Is this the what? Have we picked a winner? For I this picked thing? a winner. You did? did? You really? Yeah. Oh, we have a winner. Yeah, we do. Shall, oh. we, shall we announce it at the end of the show? Um, uh, sure. Okay. okay. It, I know it, it, is. it was the uh, the the right Tom's comic, which was a page out of Green Lantern yeah. number six, and uh, we uh, took out all the words but, and uh, the word balloons. I am going to do something. I'm going to. Uh, is there really runner-ups? All there runner-ups? Yeah, I think how many how many total do you think we got? Like 12, 13, 12, 15, 19? maybe. Yeah. I think I might. Then? I'm gonna send the main person, the one who won, <laughs> the main person. What the hell am I talking? About? <laughs> uh, they're gonna get the you know the other awards, but I think I'm gonna s- try and send something to everyone else too. Well, if well, you live in the nice. if you, know, you s- live s- in the U.S. Stephanie Mangold sent me a uh, uh, an email and she's doing one, and I think that she's gonna pick on you pretty. Oh well, I, mean, I don't care. Who yeah. reads silver bullets? I mean, whatever. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, hopefully, lots of people. Hopefully, yeah. They didn't mention us. Sorry. Well, about that. we we do have a nice shout out for Stephanie here in just a minute. But uh, uh, I, if you live in the continental United States, <laughs> you'll be getting <laughs> yeah. at least a quarter. You'll book. be getting one quarter book, I hope, unless something happens in the <laughs> All right. Well, we'll announce that winner at, at the that. end of the show. <laughs> uh, listener, LCS Allen. your dime, buddy. Uh, we didn't uh, know. Yeah. I did. <laughs> uh, Please download our flyer and put it up in your comic shop. Details are on the site. We would appreciate it. The hotline. Do we have any hotline messages? No. Okay. I'm uh, taking the hotline down. Hotline's gone, guys. Forget it. You dropped the ball. Nobody sends a, send, sends a hotline. I keep getting these emails from people. Oh, you pick people. up the phone. Pick up the phone, dial a number, punch in a couple Give of extra numbers. Give us the top numbers. of the stack. Just tell us it's how you're doing. It's a bunch of fat asses listening to this at work. <laughs> Can't be bothered to pick up a phone to, like, do anything. Uh, shop Sorry about shop. that, guys. Okay. <laughs> Sorry sorry about that, all you fat asses out there. <laughs> yeah. Th- thanks, Tom. All right, sh- shopping around comics, we have some things. Uh, Sal. Yeah, uh, we have a, a new section on our website called the uh, shop. Uh, at around, I don't know. It's the shopping section of around comics because we're complete whores and we need your money. Um, you can go in there and we have an Amazon store. So if you're looking to buy your favorite book, you can just go to go Amazon to Am- through us. Through or us. go to Dark Tower. Or come on to Dark Tower. Um, we also have, <laughs> uh, I just put up today, we have uh, our Cafe Press store where you can buy around comic shirts because... For some reason, there were a bunch of people out there that wanted them. So you can get them now. So now you can buy shirts and mugs and hats and new logo. thongs. Thongs. New logo. Uh-huh. I've made thongs. some changes to the site recently. Uh, we put up some um, quotes. Some people said some nice things about us, so we've been mm-hmm. rotating them through the site. Great. Uh, podcast Alley Votes, please. It's the beginning of the month. We appreciate that. <laughs> iTunes, music reviews. You guys have totally blown me away. Kicked ass. We have 45 iTunes music reviews. And even Thank though he was supposed to so stop much. talking about it at I'm just, 40, he's uh, talked about it more. I'm just ever saying since we went you. over 40. No, I'm just I saying know. thank I'm just, you. I'm saying thank you. In okay, couple a uh, couple shout-outs. First of all, uh, st- as the aforementioned Stephanie Mangold, she is a columnist at silverbulletcomics.com. 
She does a fantastic column called Hey Supergirl, and she featured our little podcast and the uh, grandfathers of comic book podcasting, the comic geek speak. Grand, <laughs> grandpappy. They're all old and they use walkers. Yes. Yeah, so. Peter Rios has no teeth. <laughs> <laughs> he has a, a he wonderful, has a wonderful set of smile. Teeth. He yeah. gums his bananas. And so, wonderful uh, set of teeth. So please go check out uh, Stephanie's uh, <laughs> article if you want to hear some of my yammerings about our show. Yeah, how P- come Tom and I weren't on the on the the thing because I mean, Stephanie knows who the smart one is. Stephanie, if she, she knows the it, one she can like she, control with if she, manipulate the drop of an email. If she submits uh, a contest entry, I guarantee she will be getting a twenty-five cent issue of Welcome Back, Cotter. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the I issue. I just bought it's one. There. Yeah, it's there. After All I read right. it, you uh, it. There's a new podcast out there that we would like to give a shout-out to, and it is called Bullpen Bulletins. And, Sal, you want to? Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, Vince B. Vince B., David Price, two of our favorite friends, um, yeah. have decided to start uh, their very mm-hmm. own podcast called Bullpen Bulletins. It's all about the... House of Ideas and Stan and Jack and all the guys over at Marvel doing what they do and it's kind of um, a, a sister cast, a sister to, cast to, uh, to Raging Bullets. Raging Bullets. Um, uh, and, you know, well, it, I would it, also consider another sister to that is Indie Spinner Rack. Almost. Yeah, with those three podcasts, you really don't need You're to covered. listen to us. Hey. Uh, well, you should. Hey. Wait, oh, hey. We're going to be sorry. covering international basketball oh, yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to say uh, that you know. Bullpen Bulletins really was the brainchild of our very own Christopher Neesman in a drunken stupor one night. Of <laughs> you should do a Marvel podcast. Yeah, it, it, and uh, that was about it. That was about it. And and they ran. Hand me the bourbon. Hey, do a Marvel yeah, podcast. Yeah, give me a Marvel so podcast. Ni- ni- nice work. Uh, nice work, Chris. Uh, creating more. They've really done a lot with what they have. Um, that was a back compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I listened no, to it today. It was good. It was I, good. I, it was good. I I liked it a lot. I, well, I mean, you know, Vince and, and David, I love those guys. And, and They're awesome. I, as I told David today, I said, I like it them. will be like <laughs> snuggling up on a twin-size bed at the Hyatt. <laughs> With David and Vince. <laughs> <laughs> so bizarre. I know. It's <laughs> yeah, uh, strangely appealing. Um, they're, they're just way more knowledgeable about, like, Marvel Comics than I'd ever possibly be. And, uh, you know, if you're... If you're a Mar- Marvel fan, check them out. Or even yeah, if you aren't, Vin- Vince has like original like Kirby art. Yeah, Vince is a psycho. I mean, he's yeah. in he's he's completely insane. He about um he strangled a kid for, once, yeah. for some Kirby art. <laughs> he's crazy. He strangled a kid once, and hey, you uh, know the yeah. other thing I was going to mention is that I heard both you guys on their show today. You were bumpers. both on their show doing the I bumpers. I told a horrible <laughs> joke about an old Chinese man and, and that I immediately regretted after I did it. <laughs> Jesus. I know. It was, it My was girlfriend said to me, she listened to me saying, she's like, do you realize people are going to listen to you say that joke? And I'm like, it made me laugh. I was yeah. like, all right. Hey, let, let's talk about some comic books here. All um, right. So let's move on to this week's topic. Uh, and it is multi-purpose creators. These are the creators that have shown the ability to cover a variety of tasks involved in creating a comic. Whether it's writing, editing, drawing, inking, coloring, etc., these are all specialized jobs, and creators that perform more than one of them deserve some special recognition. Our guest today is one of those creators. He is inker, writer, creator extraordinaire, Mr. Andy Parks. Andy, how you doing this evening? I'm good. What's up, gentlemen? We're doing what we always do on a Friday night. Hang out <laughs> in a comic shop. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here, sir. You drinking? 
Uh, absolutely. You know me. All right. I'm doing everything. I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to play a drinking game. <laughs> if anybody inordinately kisses my ass during the broadcast, I have a shot at Jack Daniels, and I'll do a shot every time that happens. Every time that happens. Andy, Capote in Kansas, oh. absolutely amazing. Ben, thank you. <laughs> we'll get to Union Station later. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we could play a drinking game every time that I see you and accidentally call you Phil Hester, nice. as opposed to your... I Christian thought, name. I thought we were having Phil Hester on. <laughs> well, you know, you know, F- Phil referred to Andy as his other half. Yes. Oh, that's really gay. <laughs> <laughs> it's very prog- progressive. Well, God bless him for saying that, but he looks much more like Barney Rubble than I do. <laughs> yes, 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 he does. Wait, wait, wait. Let's clarify. Are you saying that Andy is the bitch? <laughs> in this relationship? Is that... <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll wear that. <laughs> okay, just want to make sure. All right, guys, let's let's bring her back into focus here. Um, Dual-purpose or multi-purpose creators. Uh, we'll start off with, with Andy because he's kind of, you know, the professional out of the four of us. We like to think so anyway. But uh, <laughs> And now he's moving into podcasting, which just pisses me off. It's not enough that he, you know, write, you uh, writes comics, inks comics, draws comics. Now he's got to have a podcast, too. So, I, fuck it, I quit. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, but it's not It's not a comic podcast, though. Oh, all right. It's, uh, it's, That's true. It's what? WillFlipson.com? Is it? Are you yeah, guys.com? Right, right. Okay. Does that count as ass kissing? I didn't I say, say yes. About it. I no. say yes. I love Will Flipson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, Andy, um, from, from the standpoint of a creator, do you think that most comic book writers wish that they could draw and vice versa? And, and maybe just pulling on, on your experience from that. I don't think I'd say most. Um, I mean, if, if you go back to the origins of the business, there's there's really no reason for all this subdivision of labor that we have now, except the fact that they were born out of time constraints. I mean, in the, in the early days of strips, you know, Milton Kniff didn't have guys coming in and get a script for him. He could make a daily strip. Once you start making a monthly comic book, it, it gets a lot harder, and, and there was a natural division of labor to make things happen. And since then, we've, we've evolved. Once we got to that stage where guys have become excellent anchors. They become excellent at just penciling and they never bothered to learn how to ink or whatever. Um, but I think the guys I know, a lot of them are natural storytellers and they want to do as much of the job as possible. But there are also a number of guys, I think probably the majority, who enjoy the part of the process that they do and they find that creatively rewarding enough and they want to pay their bills and they're happy doing that. Sure. You know, we've talked to several creators in the last few months, and whether it's a writer or an artist or, or whoever, uh, a, a really good writer seems to to understand that a really good artist can help them with their storytelling craft. And I think a lot of people lose lose sight of the fact that, that an artist can almost tell the story as much as a writer, a good sequential artist. And, and so I think that that storytelling craft, it really does bounce back and forth pretty easily for some folks. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to spread that job. I mean, when people ask me what my job is as an anchor, I say, well, my first job is to tell the story. It's the same job as anybody else who's working on this comic. It's to tell the story as efficiently and powerfully as possible. It's not to make the prettiest line or to make the coolest texture or show off what I can do with a brush, it's to tell the story, and that's what everybody on the comic should be doing. And then you tell them, what do you do? 
And then you would demand that they describe their job to you. <laughs> That's what I would do. Now you've been, uh, you know, we'll, we'll actually kind of mix a little, uh, a few interview questions here. Now you primarily are known for inking Phil Hester's work, but we've seen you pop up on a couple other books here recently. You're inking uh, for Tony Moore on Exterminators, or you did uh, a few issues there, right? Yeah, I'm working on them right now. I, I'm doing this issue now that has like a bajillion roaches per page, so it's <laughs> taking up a lot of my time, but it, it's fun stuff to do. That's been really good for me, you know. I. I've been in Phil for a long time now, and I'm kind of in a comfort zone there. I know what I'm doing. I know what he expects. It's really good for me to break away from that style completely and have to get in somebody else's world and kind of figure out what he expects from me. And uh, I think it's been good. It hasn't been too jarring. You know, I try to give the readers kind of what they expect. I'm not, you know, totally changing Tony's style or anything, and he's been happy with it. It's been really exciting for me. Phil hasn't threatened you with violence, or I, I, I saw Phil. What are you inking? Yeah, I saw Phil kind of pull Tony over <laughs> to the side at Wizard World Chicago, saying something like, "You know, stay away from from Parks. He's mine. You know, <laughs> he's mine. <laughs> he's got a tat. I tattooed how did, him. Uh, how did you and Phil ever? Uh, how did you guys start this collaboration? Well, we met at a show in Kansas City. Man, it's been like 15, 16 years ago now, because it's right before I got married, and just kind of hit it off. And I think we saw in each other not only, well, two things. We saw that we were kind of at the same stage of development, like ready to break in but not quite there and, and hadn't quite figured everything out. And there's also, I think, apparent in our work that we both like things that are bold and graphic and we're not newly detaily guys and we just kind of have the same general philosophy. So he asked me to ink a pinup here or there, and then I inked a few issues of a comic called Fringe that he was doing for Caliber. Mm-hmm. And we became friends, and we just kind of worked together for a long time. It took like 10 years, though, before we actually got to really make a living working with each other, and that was on Green Arrow. That's part of why that's what I'm most proud of as an inker is Green Arrow, I think, because it's the first time I really got to show off, I think, what just is me, what's my style with my best friend Phil together and not you know, I'm not really working trying to please an editor, trying to please a penciler who I don't really understand. It was just us being us and people enjoying it. That was really cool. Well take a drink because it kicked ass. Thank you. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll pause as Andy takes his drink. Um, now how did you get into the industry, into the business of being an anchor? I mean did you come toward two comics uh, wanting to be an art, you know, a penciler, or was it something else that got you into inking? I think that's the usual path: is that, that you're trying to be a penciler and it's just not working out, so you you find that inking is is working better for your particular skill set. For me, it was because of a late start. Uh, most of the guys I know knew they wanted to do comics when they were like six years old. I didn't draw at all really till high school. I had my first drawing class as a senior. I kind of discovered comics late. Too late. And so I went to college in the arts program and <laughs> bounced around for a little bit and finally decided I, I do want to do comics for a living, but man, the, 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 I'm not ready to be a penciler. I don't know enough to, I'm not a good enough draftsman. I have a kind of a natural skill set as an inker. I think I'm going to focus on that because that's the easiest way for me to make a career in comics. And I enjoyed it, you know, and, um, I knew that, you know, I'm not a real naturally talented artist. I know guys who are just artists. You look at them and you know it. 
and I'm not one of those guys. I'm just a guy with a little bit of talent who was too stubborn to quit. And uh, so you just I, kissed I your own ass, Andy. As a way to make a living, and it, and it worked out okay. Now, <laughs> yeah, take a drink. You, you have to drink. You just kissed your own ass. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible, but I'll try. <laughs> um, okay, so so you've been inking for you know 15 years now, and and you you're making a living at it. So what? What then made you decide to try writing? Two things. Um, you know, my buddy Phil was writing stuff and having success, and so he, if your best friend starts doing having success with something, you're like, fuck him, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I was always more of a natural writer than I was an artist. It's just when I went to college, I didn't see any way to make a living as a writer. I didn't want to be an English teacher or something relatively impractical like that so I kind of set that aside and then when it when it got to a point where inking was you know it's a good job and I'm not going to complain it's a good way to make a living and I still enjoy it and I try to do a good job after you do it for like 10 years it's not the most creatively satisfying thing you're not really getting that same creative juice from it that you did in the beginning and I thought I'm ready to find some new outlet I think with, with the possibility was, of a of a movie option. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Phil tells me to get the cotton check. I'm like, damn, I need one of them checks. <laughs> um, so I started thinking, you know, I I don't want to concentrate on trying to become a penciler at this point. I'm, I, even if I work really hard at it, I'm probably not going to be as good as I want to be. I think I could be a decent writer. So I started working on ideas. And I just read Ellen Moore's From Hell, and I thought, man, that's really what I want. I want to do historical fiction. I want to educate people without them really knowing that it's happened. And so I started looking for things in my own backyard and ended up with Union Station and uh, pitched it to a few companies, and Oni was kind enough to say yes, so we went from there. Like a really cool history teacher who <laughs> tricks you into learning history. Well, he's getting you high. Yeah, edutainment. <laughs> it's edutainment. Hey, there's, there was another uh, graphic novel that came out this last year that made me think of you whenever I saw it. Have you read Stagger Lee yet? No, I haven't. It's uh, it's based on the, the other side of the state. It's uh, It takes place all in uh, uh, kind of turn-of-the-century St. Louis. Uh-huh. So it's maybe maybe worth I actually haven't read it. I've I've thumbed through it and it looks interesting, but uh you know, with kind of your historical thick, you know, uh what true fiction historical is fiction. Yeah. That's uh it, it made me think of your <laughs> stuff. Now, what talking What are we talking about? Is it gangster era or is it earlier? Uh I'm going to pull it off the shelf I, I here. think it's uh it's uh, western western uh, like Oh, okay. 1880s when men maybe a little men. bit later than that, even maybe early 1900s. 1895. Oh, cool. oh, I hadn't oh, okay. heard about it. I'll make a point of getting it. Yeah, it's uh, it's from Image. It's uh, Derek McCulloch and Shepard Hendricks, and it's called Stagger Lee. So I tell you, cool. what, I'm going I'm to put I this. I feel in like my I creep. should know Shepard somehow. So yeah, I'll check that out. Yeah. So. So you went and and created Union Station, which is is a really good book that Thank that uh, I enjoyed, and then you. <laughs> Drink. Then you Ta- created. Ta- Ta- oh yeah, then you got to drink, drink again. <laughs> Sorry, drink. that was very good book. It wasn't like extraordinary ass kissing. I'm gonna hold on. All right. Well, yeah. then you. Created, I'm gonna drink anyway. Then you created Capote in Kansas, which is a yeah. phenomenal book. Was nominated I- for. <laughs> that was nominated for an Eisner, correct? Now, oh, now why you got to do that to it? I thought it was. I thought. Well, it should have been. That's for sure. But yeah. Not I- only. Here's what the Eisner did to me this year. They didn't nominate us in the best original graphic novel. That's fine. There's a lot of excellent books out there. I understand. But then they, they created a category for our book. It was like best 
historical or best based on reality, whatever, and they didn't nominate us in that either. Oh, <laughs> best <laughs> book, best book named Capote by Andy Parks. I was Somebody from Japan. Next year one. Is gonna be a yet another category. Best book by Andy Parks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bring up a sore subject, but I th- I thought for sure it had a, had been nominated because good thing we got it, that it, bumper it, beforehand. Yeah, it should have <laughs> been. It should have been. But um, thank you. So you've done you've done uh, are those the only comics you've done at this point written? Um, yeah, well, I've written some little things, and the first thing I wrote really was this thing called Uncle Slam and Fire Dog. <laughs> it was uh, published by my buddy Mike Manley. He launched this Action Planet Comics imprint, and at first it was an anthology, and then uh, I did two issues of an Uncle Slam comic that Phil broke down for me, and then I did finishes and I wrote that. So that was really the first thing I wrote. More it's historical kind of a, fiction. Superhero spoof, Uncle Slam's kind of a delusional, out-of-touch Captain America type guy, and he's got a robotic dog sidekick. Wow, that's a far, that's a, <laughs> that's that's a far than cry from Capote. But. Yeah. Well, okay. Oni is uh, approved. We haven't found an artist and signed the deal yet, but Oni has approved a 40, 50-page one-shot of Uncle Slam, so I should be doing that within the next year. And It's very, it's very heavy political satire. It's called Uncle Slam Fights the Right. I am Simon Oliver, the writer of The Exterminators, and you're listening to Around Comics. We were compiling this massive list, and the the forum once again it's this enormous. week. Yeah, the forum was great. We've got probably like 60, 70 names here that we put together, and I mean there there are a lot of the the mainstream guys that you would think of, like John Byrne and Walt Simonson and Frank Miller, and you know sure. you can go down the list, but there are tons and tons of independent creators. And kind of like Andy was talking about at the beginning of the show, that when, when comics were you know kind of just coming into their own, that there wasn't the the mad rush to produce like there is now. And I think that you had people that would write and draw and ink and color if you know need be in a letter. But I think now you see it more on the independent side than any other uh, part of the industry, where you have creators that are taking at least two of the tasks and maybe more. I look at right. a guy like uh, like Alex Robinson, and he uh, like tricked, took him like four and a half years to do, but he did the entire thing. Right. He bound well, there himself. Too, I mean, <laughs> Alex does a great job with his books, and they're excellent books, so you can't they always should have done this or that different. But there's another factor at that level, and that's money. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, it's hard to get a guy to ink your book for free, and there's really not a lot of money at that level. So, you know, guys at that level kind of have to say, you know what, this might be 10% better if I had a smooth inker on it, but I don't have any money, so I'm going to figure it out. And often that turns out to be to their benefit because they, they end up producing great stuff and more pure stuff that's just true to their vision if they do it that way. Sure, and they don't have to cut up the pie, and if it right. does well, then, then more power to them. Uh, right. I'm, I'm just going to start rattling off a few of the names that are, are on here, and some of them may surprise a few people. Uh, I've been a big Bill Willingham fan for since his stuff on the Elementals, and a lot of people know him now as the writer for Fables. But I don't know if a lot of people realize how good of an artist he is. And right. it, you know, are we seeing you know maybe some of these folks that have been able to do both are now focusing on on whatever the market is is kind <clears> of you know putting them at. I think people look at Willingham as being really more of a writer these days. Well, he, he did the first couple of issues of Shadow Pact, <coughs> but now he's not doing it. But those first couple of issues, it was like, oh, wow, 
Bill Willingham is a really good artist. You kind of forget about that, and then you. I had I actually completely forgot about it because I remember asking, "Did he ever do anything else? Did he ever draw anything else?" Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then Bill Willingham shoved you. Yeah, (laughs) standing behind you, punched me. Well, Andy, who are some of your favorite uh, multi-purpose creators? And we can kind of bounce around uh, those names for a minute. Well, Frank is like the guy for me. Frank Miller is the guy I always aspired to be, and, you know, it ends up being a crappy version of that, which is the best I can do. <laughs> but I, when I met Frank, I told him there's a small bookshelf next to my drawing table, and about half of it is Frank Miller, because that's the stuff I find inspirational. When I'm when I'm dragging, I can just pick up a Frank Miller comic, and, and it just inspires you to look at it. Um, gosh, who else is there? I enjoy a number of guys. Like I said, um, I collect original art. Around my studio, I have a lot of guys represented here. And a lot of them are strip guys. And those are guys who are doing the whole thing by themselves. Alex Raymond, Milton Kniff, guys like that. I really respect those guys. And, you know, there wasn't a division of labor going on in the strips in the classic days. Well, and even more recently, you have a guy like um, uh, Watterson, who, the Calvin. Yeah, Arnold. amazing. I mean, yeah. He did unbelievable yeah. and really took control of that and, you know, fought for his own, you know, creative control of that strip and, and, and ended up, you know, benefiting from that. But he, right. pa- he paid some dues to do that. Um, and in my comic book site, Wagner is another guy who I just adore. Which was uh, yeah. a brilliant writer and maybe not as gifted a draftsman as some other guys, but just in such a natural storyteller that you can't put this stuff down. It doesn't matter that he doesn't draw like Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Yeah. His storytelling is so compelling that you can't you can't put it down. Well, you just made one of our forum members uh, and actually one of the co-hosts of uh, Bullpen Bulletin's David Price happy because Matt Wagner is his guy. It's, yeah. I, I think he even put on the uh, he listed off like ten or twelve guys, and like the first one was Matt fucking Wagner. I think it, it's, it's <laughs> right. how, it's how his art always matches sort of his story. You know, it's hard to imagine one of his stories without him doing it. You know, sometimes right. like would be yeah. it would be really just outrageous to look at some really different types of draftsmanship and see that type of story. Well, it's interesting how you see these a lot of these guys and and they're they get almost better known as writers than artists. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these guys, I mean, it's sort of when I was younger and and reading, you know, started reading comics, it was all about the art. I didn't you know, I didn't really like, care so much about the story or not that I didn't care, but it was, you know, I was reading comics for the art. And then, as I got a little older and indep- a lot more independent comics came came out, you know, I really got turned on to the fact that the art wasn't nearly as important to me anymore as a good story. It didn't have to look like Jim Lee or you know or John Byrne John or Byrne Alan time, Davis sure. if the if the story really you know was rang true and it and it was a good story well constructed and and a lot of times. That's, I mean, even you know nowadays, like Brian Michael Bendis, his stuff right. that he did, that he drew, and, and you know torso and and uh, Jinx, Jinx and, and, mm-hmm. and that stuff. I mean, you know, he's not maybe the most talented artist, but yeah. it worked for the story because the stories are so compelling, <clears throat> and and that right. propelled his yeah. career as a writer. But um, 
I don't know what my point is. Well, do, do, <laughs> I was thinking, do, do you think do you think it's become more of a writer's market, and is that why we're starting to see guys like Andy Parks, who while oh. <laughs> oh. this guy in Kansas, uh, whenever you know, whenever you're not inking, I mean, you already said it that that's a way for you to kind of get your creative outlet is through writing, and I I really do feel that this industry has the pendulum has shifted that it is a writer's industry right now. I think that's true. I think there used to be a lot more fans who followed artists, and it didn't much matter who the writer was. They were going to buy a comic by Bernie Wrightson no matter what. Um, and now you see a lot more writer superstars, and there are a lot more fans saying, I'm going to buy a Grant Morrison book. It doesn't matter who's drawing it, because it's going to be what I like. So, And I, I don't know how to account for that shift. You know, comics have as a whole, the whole market has kind of changed to where we're chasing the same core group of fans. There aren't as many comic fans as there used to be, I don't think, but there are a dedicated following of those that, are, that do love them. And it seems like those people are more focused on quality scripts than they used to be. Yeah, I think the, I think the average age of, of a comic fan has raised, and you have guys like Tom and, and Sal and me and you that are, you know, in our 30s, and we've been doing this I'm not for 30 20. yet. You're almost 30. <laughs> not even 28 yet. Really? You look, you look wow. Yeah. I thought you were I'll just pretend older. I'm in my 30s. <laughs> you, and, Andy, you, you look not a day older than 31. Take Have a drink. That's worth a shot. <laughs> Uh, well, we, we actually <laughs> I just got confused for a second. I had to think if I was 28, and I, I'm not yet. You're this is actually <laughs> <I say that. laughs> I was just sitting there going, 1978 to 2006. You're an like, accountant. Yeah, I know. You're exactly. an accountant. I don't have a calculator in front of me. Uh, uh, <laughs> so I, as I was, I'm sorry to derail you, Chris, but as I was doing that shot, you know what flashed in my mind was Paul Jenkins' evil face as I was doing that horrible... <laughs> the mint mixer thing. Well, yeah, that was uh, that was for, wrong. For anyone that doesn't know, because I don't think we really talked about this story, but at Wizard World Chicago, uh, there was a group of us all sitting at a sitting, booth. Uh, sitting at a booth, it was it was me and Chris and David Price and and then Paul Jenkins and Did Mike Norton, Norton and yeah. and Andy and somebody else. I can't think of who. But I'd, it gets fuzzy. And yeah, Paul bought us these. Fucking awful shots called. No, some, it'd be bad enough if he bought them. He made Sal pay for them, and he just ordered them. Really? Yeah, I, I, I paid. So. <laughs> oh fuck! I didn't even know that part. <laughs> that son of a bitch. <laughs> I was pretty drunk at that. Yeah. Uh, That's uh, it. I'm not reading Sidekick anymore. <laughs> but I tried, Sal's well, now thinking. Yeah, like, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm really. I, I paid for those. <laughs> Well, no, but the funny. Well, another funny part is the, the next night, or maybe it was the the night after that. Yeah, Sal tried to get him. back. I tried to get him back, you know, and he was sitting in a booth with uh, Casada and and Ramita Jr. and I. Uh, Mark and I decided to order uh, Paul. I, I was ordered him a cement mixer, but also a Guinness, and somehow I, it got so screwed up that they ended up delivering the cement mixer to John Romita Jr., who wasn't <laughs> drinking anymore that night. And, oh. yeah, and it just, and, and, and The and, poisoned Guinness went to Stanley. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're trying the, to stay on the wagon. There's no better way than to have a cement mixer. Yeah. Oh. It was awful. Oh, All right, guys. A couple forum posts here. Funny time. Um, this one is from... God, Dar I was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> 
Enough this, about Wizard World This Chicago. one is, yeah, no, the moratorium on Wizard World mm-hmm. Chicago. What stays at the Hyatt? You know, what happened to Knuckles Hyatt. stays at Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is from, uh, uh, no, okay, I had another what? story, but I'm going to stop. Oh. All right, Darth yeah. Kramer in Wisconsin, and everyone who knows uh, Matt should, uh, should guess this one. He goes, come on, no love for Jim Starlin yet? On the stuff uh, he on the stuff he wrote and drew, he was out there. He was as out there as he wanted to be. The visuals were sometimes mind bending, sometimes touching, but all with a unique sense of storytelling that I don't think anyone else could have brought to the table. Could anyone imagine Starlin's Warlock stuff if someone else had drawn it? It just wouldn't have been the same. And so, that's very true. Very true. It's, uh, I, I love that stuff, and and Jim Starlin is just a total badass when you meet him in person. So he gets extra points for that. He's a total, like he pulls out like a switchblade or something on you. <laughs> <laughs> carves his signature into a book as opposed to. <laughs> he writes his he writes his autograph. Let me book. give you a no, but he does look like a dangerous guy. I mean, does he? What does he look like? He's kind of looks like a convict to me, but I don't know. <laughs> I just he's, imagine he's Jim Starlin in a striped guy, shirt. Like, He's ripped and he's bald and he's got a, you know, he's just got a kind of a hard-ass look about him. Yeah, yeah. Bill and I were doing a, a Thanos sketch for Pat Loika, and I, I, Starlin was right next to us, and I couldn't resist, so I called him over and I said, hey, look what we're doing. And he said, yeah, that's okay, but who the hell are the, well, where'd those boots come from, man? <laughs> <laughs> we screwed up the boots, I guess. <laughs> like, take them boots off and I'll whip your ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. But that's true, I mean... Those stories would not have had the same unique feel that they had if it wasn't just his vision. I mean, they had he had that cosmic feel before that was in vogue, and, and it's hard to imagine those stories written or drawn by anybody else. Well, you know that that brings when you you were talking before about um, how you had said at this point you didn't want to try and and be a penciler, and and the reason mostly was because you just didn't think you would ever be as good as you wanted to be. And that really struck a chord with me because I'm a failed artist completely, and and <laughs> mo- most of my failure is doing sleeping in a cardboard box, <laughs> doing a podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> most of my f- failure is due to the fact that I I can't stand anything that I ever draw. <laughs> but yeah, do you think a lot of times that maybe with some of the guys that we talk about with having the vision, it, it, it's just they just sort of have the balls to to not care about anyone else's opinion and they just do it and and not worry about all the rest of it that maybe stops guys like me from trying it or i mean obviously yeah, there's probably, talent but right no i think that's probably true there i mean there are guys who are out there all that making great comics who are not the best draftsmen they don't they don't they don't know perspective as well as they should and they can't put together a figure is as smoothly as they should but they don't give a shit they're out there telling a great story and that's good enough and if you have a great story and if you have a little bit of you know stylistic panache and you can lay out a panel with an efficient use of black shit one of my heroes one of my all-time heroes in the field of comics is that you guys are probably all too young to know about a guy named jesse marsh who drew like 150 issues straight of tarzan for dell and really not that great a draftsman, but he's such a natural storyteller that he told he made great Tarzan comics. And I always look up to that guy as a guy who wasn't the most skilled or talented in the world. He just made good comics, and no, none other than Alex Toth revered the guy because he was just a natural storyteller and he made good comics that people could read. 
It's a pretty good endorsement. That yeah, right. <laughs> that just reminded me of uh, I don't think his name's on the list, but the guy that does Jack Staff, uh, Paul Grist. Yeah, I think it's Grist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, you read that book, and when he draws a car at night, it's just two headlights like on a black page, you know. But it totally fits that type of storytelling. It isn't the most detailed, you know, right. type of storytelling, but well, I think it's that was very a lot of visually arresting. Yeah, Sin City was. You know, that was that the best art in the world? No, but it was totally revolutionary to what had been out there before. And it's well, it's pretty good and art. It, and you have to give Frank credit. When Frank strips mm. something down or makes it primitive, I give him credit for that, that being a decision and not for him hacking it out or not caring. Because I've seen, I've seen thumbnails that he did for Sin City, and all the draftsmanship is there. He just... he drew it underneath and then he got rid of it when he made the finished product but he's he's thinking about what he's doing it's not like he gave up he's it's a conscious decision on his part that this is going to be a more stripped down primitive look yeah we, you know we we've talked about about frank a lot on the on the show and in past episodes and whatnot and there's it's been a lot of debate as to whether he's is he changing his style? Is he losing it? Or and we argue about it. There's several people on the panel that that look no, at no. it different ways. You argue, and I'm right. He's still great. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that that's maybe another. Do we have thing. to drink if you we know, kiss Frank out Miller's ass? Well, I mean, every, <laughs> everybody on the panel loves Frank Miller, but you know we all acknowledge that he's changed his style considerably over the years. And sure. you know, but uh, yes, please grab me one. Sorry, but if you're, you're going back to. The- the topic of the show, if you're looking at like multi-faceted creators, you look at Dark Knight, Klaus inked that brilliantly, and I've heard stories that Frank wasn't always happy with what Klaus did on that book, because Frank may have been ready to push things at that point. He may have been ready to say, hey, I'm evolving into a Morrison City, or I'm evolving into some other style. And Klaus was kind of pulling him back into that superhero world. So it'd be interesting to ask Frank, are, are you happy with Dark Knight as it exists, or do you wish you had controlled the whole product? I think it looks perfect, because it's got Frank's kind of balls-out uh, dynamics, but Klaus kind of pulling it back into the superhero realm a little bit. Now, who who uh, inked uh, uh, Dark Knight Strikes Back? Did That's the, the, That was just all Frank. Right? Okay, that I think that may be where, where you were going, and maybe why and why a lot of people don't like that book, and right. and you know then there's people like mm. Sal who really enjoy it. That uh, you know maybe Miller decided to uh, to ink that because that's what he wanted Dark Knight Returns to be like. Right, and we we can't know that. But like I mean, when when that second Dark Knight came out, I was a little taken aback, and I was like, wow, I don't. This isn't what I expected. But I think you have to give. Like I said, you have to give Frank the credit that this is a conscious decision. It's not just him not giving a shit. I think he's earned that much respect. Sure. I, I found your comment about um, Klaus like sort of drawing him back towards superhero comics because I think one of the interesting things about this sort of you know do it all yourself type thing is that in, sometimes in a creative endeavor, like in my own experience, is sometimes you get like a lightning strike where you get an idea. And you know exactly what it's supposed to be like, what it's supposed to sound like or look like. And okay. as soon as you start dealing with other people, <laughs> they start, it, screwing, they it start screwing it up. <laughs> and you're like, God, no, that's not what it's supposed to be like. But then other times you have an idea and you just can't quite get it right unless you have somebody else 
right. put their part into it. And I think it's, that's sort it's of an interesting. interesting dynamic. As soon as you involve more than one person in the process, it becomes a collaboration. And then you can either fight against that collaboration or you can embrace it. I think the most successful things happen when you embrace it and you say, you invite as much collaboration as possible. I, not that I'm a template for how to write a good script, but I write my scripts as kind of a letter to the artist, and the opening of that letter is, look, I'm going to include as much visual information as possible. I'm going to include whatever comes to my mind just as a tool for you to help, help you get to the finished product. But if you ever have a better idea or you want to try it a different way, I completely trust you as a storyteller. That's why I'm working with you. And I want you to go with it and not worry about, you know, deviating from my script. And I maybe I've been extraordinarily lucky, uh, but I've had great results where when guys did deviate from what I wanted, I've always thought, holy shit, that was a better way to do it. How? What was it like working with a really... I mean, Chris Somney, he's he's not an old artist. I mean, he is he is kind he's of an a up, punk. He is he's a punk yeah. kid. What, what was it like working yeah. with an up and coming talent like that? Because he's fantastic, but man, he is he's young. It makes me sick how disgustingly yeah. talented he is. God. It was just constantly surprising. I mean, I I'd hand him a chunk of script <sighs> and it would come back better than I imagined and doing shit that a 24-year-old kid should not know how to do. Mm. I mean, he shouldn't know Forget about all the era stuff, how to draw a guy. I mean, most guys in comics today can't draw the way a lapel sits on a guy's suit because they just aren't used to drawing guys in suits. He do all that shit, no problem. But he would leave out lines where they weren't needed. He would draw a silhouette of a person and leave out the contour line because they were defined by the background and stuff like that. That is just my just beyond his years. It takes and, uh, a lot of confidence. You magnificent yeah. bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I was really that was what I was so impressed with with Capote with his work on Capote was that his confidence in doing exactly what you just described of of, of not drawing as opposed to the, the drawing they did or yeah, leaving out the line. It was just, what's he working on now? I, well, I know he. I think he's still working on a Queen of Country art. Oh, that's right. Oh, oh, you knew oh, that. God, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I didn't even have to say it. Uh, <laughs> um, God. Uh, oh, we all got to take a drink. <laughs> Chris got the guest yeah, to say Queen and Country. <laughs> yeah, that's the new game. Hi, I'm Paul Jenkins, and Sal's British accent sucks a dead shit out of a dead seagull's arsehole. Andy, uh, another book that we talked about, which we also love, and we'll get all of our ringing endorsements here, Exterminators. What did you think about Chris's art in Exterminators? It was very different than anything else I'd seen him do. It was, yeah. It, it had a little smoother quality, I think. Um, but And it, it's certainly different from what the readers are used to, but I think that's kind of cool that, that the editor, and I'm, I'm sure Tony signed off on, on Chris as well, I think it's really cool that they were willing to go in a totally different direction and say, this is a fill-in and it's drawn by a different guy and we don't necessarily have to adhere to some kind of Tony Moore style. We can do something different yeah. as long as it's excellent. Well, the story was also so different, too, yeah, from everything else they'd done, that it was... Right. It, it didn't really... It wasn't too disturbing because it was obviously a fit... You know, not, it was a fill-in issue, but not really. I mean, it was... Yeah, it, 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 it connected. It, yeah. it connected some. It's just totally different. I thought that Chris kind of vertigoed up his style for that for that issue, though, and it was just, really. I, I thought, I, yeah. Well, it was the first time I'd seen his stuff 
in color as opposed to black and white. Yeah, and, right. And so it was very different to me, and I, I think the colorist may have a lot to do with that. But it wasn't, like in Capote, it was that stark... Um, shadow and and light against dark, which really defined not just his art, but but the whole feel of that book. It was it was brilliant. It was a great combination between the two of you, and it was just very different to see him colored and in a in a Vertigo book. So, right. who has to drink when we kiss his ass? Chris. The audience, I, the, the audience, audience has to go yes. get a drink. Yes, the if you're listening to this at work, go to your nearest off track betting. <laughs> Well, guys, um, what's um, what's hit on a few other? Do we want to talk about other, other multi-purpose creators or more about the craft? Well, of doing I, you that? know, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, some books that you couldn't. I don't think you could really imagine anyone else doing. Okay. Other than the artist and writer who did them, I, you know, like I like got one. Um, Riquetto, Frank Espinosa. Frank, that, yeah, Riquetto. Yeah. Are, are are you reading that, Andy? I have to confess, I only have the first issue that I got last year in San Diego. I haven't oh seen it since yet. Well, the, the whole, the, <laughs> the whole speakeasy <laughs> thing, and dang, there's our speakeasy, speakeasy reference. Everyone drink. Everyone drink. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but after speakeasy folded and all that, the the first trade for Riquetto is out, and it's fantastic. But that oh, is. I didn't know there was a trade. Cool. Yeah, and it's and it's fan, and it's there's it is a meaty read. Take several weeks to kind of get through it and just enjoy it. It's very what, epic. What are you trying to say? It, it's really good. Oh. And I'm a um, slow reader. Read. Yeah. It took Chris, it took Chris four months to read. Rocket. Oh. Where are um, you going? Well, something I was, I was uh, David Mack, Kabuki. Mm, absolutely. I mean, nobody could do that other than him. I mean, nobody could write and draw that. It wouldn't right. be the same book if someone else was writing it, and it certainly wouldn't do, be the same book think if someone else was doing the art. Right. Can you, anyone think of an example of a bad book, though, that you can't imagine someone else writing? Uh, or drawing? I missed that. An example of what? Of, of a bad book that you're like, no one else could have done that. <laughs> and, you know, I think sometimes it gets tied in so much into like... It's hard any, to say. It's, not, it's certainly not a bad book, but it's easy to imagine... Uh, some of the Bendis stuff, like, was Bendis drawing that stuff because he had to? I, I think so. What what would those books look like with, you know, Dave Gibbons drawn or something right. like yeah. that? No, absolutely. Is much better, or do they work in their own way because Bendis, it's, it's a complete Bendis product? Um, I could see them as better works, uh, not to take away from them in any way, but I think, yeah, right. but, but I think, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could certainly see... Because I, I don't know that his his style was necessarily so developed and and solid that it was completely identifiable with that kind of a story or with his writing. Right. Because you've seen so many other artists work on his writing that uh, you know his, his storytelling is more distinctive than his art. If that makes any sense. Yeah, but I I. I I don't know. I may disagree. I don't want to get off on a big Bendis tangent, but I think Bendis and Bagley have their own voice. I think Bendis and Maleev have their own voice. I think Bendis and Omin have their own voice. I, I see those creative teams as three completely independent of each other teams because Powers is a very different book to me than Ultimate Spider-Man. 
Yeah, but it's also it's written like differently. A, it's like a, it's like <coughs> exactly. a, it's a very distinct voice. It's a philosophical debate, because if you like a book, you're just going <laughs> to think this is as good, you know, like you don't, if you really enjoy a book, you well, don't I'm sit not, there and wait, go. But, but the, to, no. to, to defeat your argument is I'm not a huge fan of Kabuki myself. No. But, but I mean, it's like a, it's like a critically, it's just, I would just kind of wanted to draw like a distinction. No, between, I know what you're saying. Yeah, like, Let it go, Tom. <laughs> I derailed the show. <laughs> Cancel the show. <laughs> well, here's one that does scare me a little bit. And I, I love this guy's work as a writer, but I'm very unfamiliar with his work as an artist and that's Brian Wood and he's getting ready to write and draw an upcoming issue of DMZ so it's only, one, he, it's only one issue what so. if he played a great trick and it was all stick figures he joke yeah he would <laughs> he would do you that. oh Tom um yeah well so I think if we view if you think about like creators doing the whole book by themselves is like the auteur method and you think about guys with the the Division of labor all split up as being like the studio method. Like Casablanca is one of the best films ever made and made totally by studio method. You know, it was the studio writers and a director hired and the actors pulled in were working for the studio and so on. How many of the great comics masterpieces of all time are produced under that auteur method and how many are produced by, you know, if you want to call it the studio method? And I, for me, the two banners are Dark Knight. Produced more or less by Frank Miller, mm-hmm. and Watchmen produced by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons, completely in a collaborative fashion. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's like, um, I'm sure there's hundreds of books that aren't great that are done by the auteur method. Well, they're I mean, done by well, the studio method the, too. The, the Stan Lee, Jack Kirby first hundred issues of Fantastic Four. You know, right. that's right. totally studio method. Yeah, I mean, course. that basically defines Marvel method. But in a way, it's <clears throat> it's less less that method than we think of today because Stan was giving Jack little nuggets, and then Jack would go off and make the comic, and then Stan would add the the dialogue. True Jack, believers. At the end of his life, said he never worked on a comic that he didn't write because he saw what he did as the writing process. Well, that's the Marvel method, and, and right. those artists at that time totally, totally deserve writing credits. And I think that right. that proved how much, how close that line is of the multi-purpose creator in that these, kind of what we said at the beginning of the show, that a lot of these artists are great storytellers in their own right. You know, and you look, that's why Jack was the king. Well, I, th- I think it's, I mean, the best writers have to have a sense of vision and artistic, you know, ability and the best artists know how to write a story or know how to tell mm-hmm. a story. So, I mean... Yeah, that's really true, I think. When it, you ha- it, I think it's hard to be a great comic book writer without a, a, a decent visual sense. And you can kind of tell when you read a book and you know that people don't know how to lay things out visually because it comes across very... There's only so much an artist can fix a script to make it real <laughs> visual. Yeah. And then you're just like, well, what? This just seems like a bunch of movie stills. You know, well, like, uh, it's like, like laid like out that Moon way. Yeah. And not to rag on Moon Knight, not to, but, because I like yeah. the book, but you can tell from reading that that the, the writer is used a to novelist. writing novels. Yeah. And he's a novelist, that's what he does. And Finch has really, you know, sort of overworked those pages to some degree to try and add those missing elements. And, and like I said, I, I like the book. I mean, I'm enjoying it. It's, but you can see that in the pages is that they're, they're not necessarily 
uh, a great combination. Whereas, like <coughs> Bendis and Finch together, mm-hmm. what do they work do? better together. You know, I mean, they. It's like a Avengers. it's like a sense of self propulsion within the book, like making you want to turn the page, making you want to keep reading the story. Right. Like well, when when we had talked to Simon Oliver, and you know, he's working. With Tony Moore primarily on Exterminators, Simon's background is in in TV and film, basically as a camera operator, and and you've probably seen these scripts, Andy, is that yeah. his his direction for Tony, from what he said, were basically you know camera shots and and right. and TV and movie speak. As a visual artist, does that kind of direction, as opposed to what someone may get from like a novelist? as opposed to a TV film? Is that better direction for you and a lot of artists to, to follow? Yeah, I think so, but you've you got to give the artist the leeway to operate within the comics mindset. It's, it's foolish to write for comics, I think, as if they're any other medium, because there are unique advantages to working in comics. There's a unique manipulation of time that's possible by, by how many panels per page and what kind of dialogue you're writing for that page. And if if you want to write a comic as kind of a screenplay thing, that's okay, but you need to give the artist enough leeway that he can still use those comic advantages to his to, to play to the strengths. I think, in my honest opinion, I, there are a lot of fans of, of Stray Bullets, and I do enjoy reading it, but to me, he made a conscious decision to make that comic kind of as a movie, you know, with the same size panels and so on. And that doesn't interest me as a writer. I want to. I want to use comics to their fullest extent. I want to use every storytelling advantage that comics offers me to manipulate the reader as much as I can. Well, is that is that maybe bringing it back in the topic here? As as a visual artist, does that help you write? And when writers cross over into the visual medium, is that why we see you know the 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 dual or multi-purpose creators that do it well, is that why they do it so well? Is because they can grasp all of the different parts that go into making comics? Yeah, probably. I mean, you know, when it, when everything is operating at peak efficiency, there's no other way to make, there's no better way to make a great comic than to have one person in control of it like that. It just makes sense that one person's, one person's vision it's what can come through in every every stage of the process, and that makes a purer product. Like I said, because comics have evolved the way they have, it's natural that there there have been gifted guys who developed as sole writers and sole pencilers, sole inkers, sole colors, and so on. But I still think, if you look at the really great comic works, most of them have been done by through the vision of one person. I'm going to throw one out there, and it's one of my all-time favorites, and that's uh, Hellboy and Mike Mignola. I think that's yeah, a right. perfect example. Well, yeah. Mike is a guy who operated under the, you know, going back to my analogy, the studio system for a long time before he said, you know what, screw it, I'm going to make the comic that's just me. And we saw something that was more unique and more visionary than we'd ever seen from him before because it was just Mike's vision involved. And you also see like a really high level of quality maintained because oh. it's his 
thing, you know. It's his baby. He puts it out when he has a story to tell. Um, Eric, you know? pa- Eric Powell is probably another yeah. good example because that's, you know, we talked about can you imagine anyone else writing or drawing that work? You can't because it's, it's, it's all it is. It's his. Yeah, yeah. Who else is going to do that? You know? I mean, the goon is him. But, you know, you look at the characters that, that Mignola created for BPRD or Hellboy, and I think that Guy Davis has done an amazing job of carrying that that on so it works because the work is good but i don't think that without mignola's original vision for that that it would have stayed as good or as true to that yeah right mike kind of established a template and for the universe with the, within which all those stories are told the way it works i mean i'm a, the thing I, we've mentioned this before the thing i love about hellboy is because it comes out when he has a story to tell the story is good it's not there's no fill-in, like, issues of Hellboy. There's no, like, wait two months until the next big story starts. When it comes out, you're getting his vision yeah. of Hellboy. You're getting his story that he feels needs to be when told. A, when a new BPRD arc starts yeah. up, a new series, I'm all on board because I know it's going to be good. And what I love, I was thinking about it, I was driving around the other day. He's really got it figured out because, you know, what comics sell the best, the number one issues. So BPRD yeah. could be an ongoing series. Oh, that tricky like, bastard. Yeah, he's like, oh, each new arc, I'm just going to, you know, <laughs> issue number, number one. Issues. So, well, I, I, I just, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with, with that. I was going to throw out another person. I just, yeah. we, we haven't mentioned at this point, and, and one of the guys that was probably the one of the best at it and one of the biggest names at being a writer and artist is John Byrne. Yeah. I mean, Bar- Byrne was, you know, our first superstar, and, uh, you know, he did it all. He did it in in the, you know, mainstream and under those production schedules and under, you know, I mean, he had a huge level of, you know, of, he's, of quality and and output. And he's someone that you could forget that he does. You could forget that he's an artist because he's such a good writer, and you could forget that he's a writer because he's such a good artist. Yeah. You know, like it's very rare that you get someone to write. <laughs> yeah, it's like a weird. Yeah, he's like the one guy I can think of really like in the mainstream where you're kind of like, yeah, I could see like people be like, oh, he's an artist. You know, like right, he's so right. good at both of those at times that like it's amazing to you know. Well, I tell you, there's, there's, it, there's. Do we have to drink a few kisses, John? Ben's ass? <laughs> well, there'll be plenty of that coming up soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, hint, hint. Uh, if you like John Byrne, um, listen next week. Hi, I'm Phil Hester, artist of Ant Man. I love listening to Around Comics, and so should you. There's one other, um, couple um, creators, and a little. Howard Jenkins. Well, Chaykin's great, oh. but uh, Love and Rockets and mm-hmm. the Hernandez brothers. Los Bros Hernandez. They they write, they draw, and we're working on this right now. If you've been on the forum, keep your keep your eyes out. Um, we're going to be announcing it soon. Um, if you have a chance to buy Locus or Palomar or both the um, uh, the hardcovers, we're going to be doing a Love and Rockets spotlight in the very near future. Hopefully, with a very oh, special guest. Cool. Yes, and hopefully with a very special. Can I guest. borrow someone's? Uh, I'll buy it. I'll yes, just buy I, it. No, I'll, I'll let you borrow Locus while I'm reading Palomar. Okay, and we can switch so, it back. Andy, have you read in, any of the Eleven Rocket stuff? Yeah, quite a bit. I have to admit, I haven't followed it in a while, but I, I used to adore all that stuff, and I bought it religiously, so I'm very familiar with them. Well, I'm not. It's I've I've 
totally turned my my back on Love and Rockets. I've heard it's been great for years and years and years, and Sal has finally convinced me to check it out. And so I was poking around on Amazon the other day, and I found that I could get both Locust and Palomar, the hardcovers, for like 65 bucks for both of them. Maybe I'll just get them then. Yeah. I don't know. And it was it was and the guys at the comic shop here are just well, like, I mean, will you shut the hell up? <laughs> don't mention it. Well, see, good things happen to those who are those who wait or those who are patient. This stuff goes on sale eventually. Yeah. I'll just steal mine <laughs> <laughs> for free. Um, well, talk about two guys with two distinct visions. I mean, two brothers yeah. with. I mean, the, you know, those those sets of stories couldn't be any further apart. Apart, yeah. yet equally fantastic and and. You know, groundbreaking and revolutionary, everything else you wanted to say about it, but it's pretty amazing that they were, you know, that those two guys were able to come up with that distinct at the same time. At the same time, and you know, that's yeah, that's really that's part of the appeal. The fact that their two brothers had such distinct visions when they were doing such different stuff under that same umbrella, I thought that was really appealing about it. Unique. You almost have to. Split up this, you know, dual purpose creator thing. And the guys who are cartoonists and do things, I mean, they do the whole package as the way my, you know, nature intended back in the 30s when this <laughs> medium was being born. The way God made comics. Well, the, the Will Eisner. So. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And Will, up to a certain extent. And then when the, when the deadlines draw? got too heavy, Will had a whole Kidding. studio of guys <laughs> penciling shadow, inking shadow, doing a, or sorry, spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are mutants like me who are born out of the modern process of splitting all these jobs up who kind of split up into a couple of those different jobs. If you met Will Eisner in a time machine, he would pick you up and rip you in half. <laughs> He'd be like, Judge, he's like, you're an inker. You're an What's inker. That? Yeah, right. You can't, <laughs> he you can't write. Back, back in the heyday of the spirit, he, was, uh, he had quite a little studio going on, and he had guys thinking stuff and penciling stuff. I mean, he had... Top-notch guys. He had Lou Fine working for him while he would. So. Oh, wow. So. Yeah, I mean, he is. Is, yeah. Jim, is Jim Davis, who does Garfield, still drawing and writing it? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Tom just jumped off the derailed tracks again. I think he's at, at home just rolling in money at this point. I hate Mondays. Well, let's just run through a few more quickly and try and, like, maybe give, you know, give a little bit about each one. Mm-hmm. How about um, Jeff Smith? Bone. 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 And he's going to do that. very... Big thick book I'm going to read uh-huh. sometime after Locust and Palomar. He's doing Captain Marvel versus the Monster Society, yeah, which, is really which eventually will come out. But I'm looking for he, he's a. I was just wondering about that today. Is Captain Marvel still going to happen sometime? Yes, yeah. they keep talking about it. He's they're just waiting for him to literally, I think, finish all of it before they start. Oh, good. Yeah, but he's. I mean, they've been still talking about it for bone. like. Yeah, he's been. They've been talking about it for like a couple of years, but uh-huh. they keep telling everyone if you like old Captain Marvel. Jeff Smith's gonna Here, here's a rock guy I your know ass. Almost nothing about, but I know he's been working on the same character for 20 years, and that's Stan Sakai. So where's Bernie? Yeah. Oh, you, 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 I can never pronounce it. I, I don't speak Japanese. The, the, the rabbit with the, <laughs> the rabbit with the sword. I don't speak no Japanese. Uh, I noticed the guy who does Age of Bronze, Eric mm-hmm. uh, Shinauer. Have Eric you guys Schoenauer, ever read? Yeah. Have you guys ever looked at Age of Bronze? Mm-hmm. That book is so weirdly unique. It's like. Like Roman history, very literal, like almost 
like a history. Book yeah, almost kind of. Yeah, come to comics. yeah. It's it's really like back when they did like you know the Bible in <laughs> I think it was yeah, DC. It's really <laughs> I don't I don't know Bible. If a, you ever see it, if you ever see it, pick it up and take a look at it because it's. It's so unique. It's really hard to describe exactly what it is. How about that? I saw Eric in San Diego, and he told me uh, he was planning his first trip to Troy to see all this stuff. Really? really? Wow. That's yeah. yeah. If you thought it was historically accurate before, just wait till he's actually. I know. Yeah. Back. I mean, the level of detail is like just yeah amazing in that book. Uh, one of the uh, the hometown boys here in Chicago, Chris Ware. Yeah. Yeah. Novelty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he does. I, I don't even know how to describe his stuff. It's just un it's unreal. It's unbelievable. I and it's his. It's it's uniquely distinctly his. Yeah. He's it, one hell of an uh, illustrator. That's he just all had an exhibit at the Museum he, of Art. I mean, he takes it so much further than writer artist. It, he's it's, designing all that stuff. He's laying it out. He's doing all the cutting and pasting. And I mean, really, the whole thing is a Chris Ware product. He's giving birth to it. it, and it's all done by hand. The None of it's the, and, yeah. and the detail is. <clears throat> I mean the 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 stuff he puts in there, the little tiny things everywhere, whether it's the band of of paper around the the book or with the comic the, inside the, the band, the, if yeah, you take the band the, off, the the spine or whatever it is. It's, it's the um, a bunch of people just screamed because they did something with the yeah. band. They're like, oh, I didn't read the comic how about, inside uh, the band. How about um, uh, Charles Burns, Black Hole? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. yeah. Awesome illustrator. This, this is one that you've got to tell your buddy, Phil. It, it, this is all his fault. Um, <laughs> Did he get you hooked on that? Yeah, two years yeah. ago now at, at Wizard World, when, when I first met you guys, I was doing interviews for Comic Geek Speak, and, right. and you guys were, were so kind to, to let me hop around the table. And, and honestly, I, I knew you guys from uh, Green Arrow, and, and like that was it. And you guys were so so nice. And I'm sitting there just bullshitting with with Phil and asked him what he was reading, what he liked. And he's like, "If you're not reading Black Hole, check this out. It is the scariest book I've ever read in my life." Yeah, right. Being a teenager and it's is hard scary. To imagine that he could make that book anywhere near that creepy with another artist or with another writer. I mean, it, the whole package just is so unique. It's a book I had to stop myself from reading fast because I kept wanting to read it, but I forced myself only to read like two or three chapters a night because I was like going to tear through it, and I kind of hate it when I do that. I'm like, oh, this is better. I should take longer. So I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. put it down and be like, oh, I'm not going to go read Captain Marvel. <laughs> well, I forgot who it was. You know, someone, I had, I'd let someone borrow it or, or what, and they said they, they read it in like one sitting. And I was like... Matt S. Matt Summer read it in one. Yeah. He, he, he's a fast reader. He's a He's an English teacher. Yeah, but I just, you can't appreciate... I mean, that book came out, what, over 10 years it took him to put Black Hole out? Yeah. So if you read it in less than five years, <laughs> you are just you're a total pussy. You need to read it at like the way it came out. <laughs> I give you. I had somebody say to me recently that they loved Capote. It was amazing, and they just they couldn't put it down. And they read it in ten minutes, and it was awesome. And I was like, oh my god, that went a year of my life. <laughs> they read it in ten minutes. In ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, cr- cr- Chris Samney just threw up in his mouth a little <laughs> bit. Oh god. <laughs> I think I read it in two train rides, but that's like an hour. I read it. Yeah. I, I read it. I read it is three times in between emailing you back and forth. Oh time. wow! <laughs> Say hey, uh, I, was, I was like asking. This is before we. I really knew Andy too well. It was I just had met him at Wizard World mm-hmm. a couple of years back, and I was like asking him questions about the book as I was reading it. And then I'd have to go back and read it some more. And <laughs> nice. 
Turn the next page. Just read the next page. Your question will be answered. <laughs> Ass. Well, I, I tell you what, guys. We, like every topic that we get into, we could keep going on and on. Hey, one um, more guy. We got okay, go to go mention okay. Phil. I mean, Phil's a writer, Fantastic. artist. Well, yeah. 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 Please read, read The Coffin. Um yeah. Deep Sleeper. Uh, Stronghold, if they ever come out with issue number two from Devil's Do. Uh, I, I love all the stuff he writes, but I really love you know the stuff that he writes and draws where he can completely controls the yeah. storytelling. I, I was blown away by some of the stuff he's been doing in um, Negative Burn. I, I yeah. couldn't believe that was him. I mean, some of the style is just... I would never guess that it was his art, but I, I've been loving it. I know. He seems like a pretty normal guy when you meet him, and you see this sick shit, and you start to wonder a little bit. Yeah. yeah. No, and <laughs> it, 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 yeah. Dude, it really is kind of scary. It's kind of like you know watching a Buffy episode, and it's the kindly <laughs> neighbor next door yeah. who's like chopping people up in their basement. Phil scares for, me. For any of you that just need to dip your waters and dip your toe in the shallow end, too, he did Green Arrow for a while, so you can yeah, always well. take a look at that. And then, you know, if, you're scared, if you're scared to pick up the disturbing stuff, first oh, yeah. work your way from there back and he's doing with our guest Andy the uh -huh. is it the irredeemable no the, the irredeemable Ant-Man irredeemable, irredeemable Ant-Man Ant yeah but that, that's that's on the on the art side uh, Robert Kirkman writing yeah it's a good book I, it's really I think it's relatively unique the the storytelling is very compact it's like anti-decompression you know there's a, a lot of stuff going on in every issue and it's laid out on a 16 panel grid which doesn't mean Every page has 16 panels, but some may, and then we're free to do a two-page spread at other times. So. Well, he's tiny. There's lots of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hardy har. That's true. <laughs> he's a great kind of uh, not quite an anti-hero, but a hero you're not sure Ant? you like. I think I think Robert. I hero. <laughs> Sorry, you just you just oh, threw, you just um, threw Tom a big bone there. My my mind just spun with that pun. Ant, I hero. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kirkman came up with a, a catchphrase <laughs> for the book, which was, he'll save your life, but steal your wallet. Nice. <laughs> Everyone take a drink. Pun. Pun. I don't know. I did something. All right, Tom. <laughs> Audience um, Well, you, you had showed me some pages, some preview pages you guys had photocopied out, and, and I, looks awesome. I think yeah. I mentioned it then, was that it looked like uh, you and Phil are doing something a little bit different than, than the stuff we've seen you do in the past. I mean, while... It's certainly, you know, we can tell it, it's it's Phil and, and Phil's pencils and your inks. It's not, you know, what. It's maybe not Green Arrow. Yeah, it's not Green Arrow. It's it's not yeah, right. Nightwing. Um, it, it is us, but we wanted to put our stamp on it a little bit to say, hey, you know, we shifted companies, we shifted characters, we want to do something a little different. So the the drawing style is slightly different. It's it maybe a little cleaner, and we're doing this new technique where Phil will. Uh, indicate areas he wants reversed. Instead of just dropping in an organic black, he'll drop in more of a, a designy, bold black area and say, just reverse this out digitally. Hmm. So we'll draw the page, and then on one side of the page, we'll just reverse something. So, you know, like it create a negative where there's line art, uh, white line art in a black area. Mm -hmm. It creates a very kind of bold graphic look that we're, we're both fond of. Nice. Now, when, when does Ant Man hit uh, comic book shelves? So it's be out October fourth. Oh wow! So it's uh, we'll be in Coming this up. previews, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's in okay. this preview. Awesome. It's in previews right now. I've already ordered. <clears throat> one All other, right, one other thing I, I wanted to ask, and, uh, Tom, you got something? No, I don't have anything. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were wrapping up, so <laughs> I said, "All right." Um, <laughs> you, you, how long? How long <clears throat> have you been in Kansas? How long have you been in Kansas City, Andy? Oh, 
I'm a Kansas native. I grew up in the suburbs of Kansas on the Kansas side. So you and really are the trendsetter for this whole Kansas City scene, that's right? That's right. They all could, they all gathered around me. They could the barbecue scene, <laughs> so I like to call it. I mean, yeah. th- this was this was my my favorite email of last week. We had uh, we had uh, in the episode that never aired. Which uh, apologies for everyone there, but uh, I had emailed Andy and uh, I said, "Would you be available for a phone call?" And he's like, "Oh, I've got to go out. I'm I'm hanging out with." Uh, who was it? Uh, Jason Latour and uh, Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron, who's writing uh, a series for Vertigo, and Tony Moore. And I was like, yeah. "Ooh, okay." The ghost <laughs> of Jack Kirby is going to show up. Names willy nilly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool. We went to this place called Heritage Country Club. It's a great country western bar. It was awesome. Nice. Did, <laughs> did, they have did, did Tony? Yeah. Did Tony wear his uh, his cowboy hat? Of course. <laughs> And how sad is this? I was like the designated driver of the night. That's a pretty sad group when I'm the sober one. <laughs> wow. I don't know. You 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 were pretty much under control of Wizard World. I thought, you know. Bo-ho. You know what? I've lived many years on this planet, and I've learned how to stay steadily buzzed and not lose control, unlike some of us here on this. <laughs> on this uh, particular <laughs> panel today, <laughs> whatever, whatever what? do you mean, Mister Mr. Parks? Parks? You shut your fucking mouth, Andy Parks. <laughs> it was you're one lucky night. you're not here. It was one. Yeah. I, I didn't need anything. You shouldn't have there asked Paul Jenkins to marry you. That's all yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> Enough about Wizard World Chicago. Right. Well, Let's well, talk the, about the future. The big question, Andy: Are we going to hit the links whenever you come up for Wizard World next year? Absolutely, man. I'm, I just shot the round of my life like two weeks ago. Now all that'll be gone when I when I come up next year. But I'll try to practice a little. I'm ready. All right. Well, we got we got a couple courses all picked out. So, are you going to any other cons uh, coming up uh, this year or next year? Um, I was trying to do SPX, and I'm not sure that's going to happen. Okay. Um, but I had that, and I, I was intending to do that, and then that'll probably be it for quite a while. I'm doing a signing with Bill in Omaha uh, for Amman Number One. And then, well, I should I should I give props to the local show. There's a great Kansas City show at the end of October. Mm-hmm. And that, well, we hear the the Kansas City natives call it the the Dirt Con. Yeah, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> dirt Con. It, it sounded like a very it's loving name. Mocan Comics Conspiracy. They put together a hell of a guest list. They got Chicken and Brubaker, Tony Moore, Hester, and I, of course. It's gonna be good. Well, you you may see us down there. Maybe. Oh, that'd be awesome. Maybe, maybe. First round's on me if you make it. All right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, guys, uh, I don't know if there's any reason to go through final thoughts. Uh, Multi-purpose creators. It would just be more of a... I I think Andy's a hell of a talent. Everyone drink. 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 I was just going to say, I got a shot. One last shot of your loaded and ready. I need somebody to kiss my ass. (laughs) (laughs) Andy Parks is awesome. You are a a gentleman and a scholar. From my hero, a pretty good golfer and, and a hell of a creator, Andy. Thank you very much. It was a this pleasure, is, guys. This got really That's, sickening. That's, uh, I'm going to go grab dinner with the wife. Absolutely. And, Andy, any time you want to come back on the show, we would love to have you and talk with and you. And we'll try and schedule awesome. you in. And I, I wouldn't be doing my, my podcast <laughs> service if I didn't say everybody check out willflipson.com. Absolutely, I already already made a, a a link to it on the forum. Oh, and thank you for the John Suntress wants to say hi. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. J- J- John Suntress dropped by. He went. And I'm like Ron Burgundy. Oh, if hi. I see something say, written, say I want to say. Hi, Andy Parks. Just saying, hey. Hey, how are you, crooked glasses man? Hey, I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Good to see you. There you go. Thanks for ripping. There you go. I, every time I see Andy, my glasses look like they've been in an accident, and they were. 
And I, you know, I saw him two weeks. Late. I saw him in San Diego. My glasses were bent, and then I see him in Chicago, and his first words are, "John, you haven't fixed your glasses." And I'm it's like, you know, all this. Let's go. Exactly. And suddenly I'm like, Professor, you know, I'm like Julius Cup. Well, actually, I uh, meant to, and I got busy, and uh, you know, so. <laughs> so. Like half of the of the great podcasters of the comics world in one place. Is that safe? Well, we we got Scott, uh, Scott Cedarland here from Wednesday's Hall and uh, Pop Syndicate. Uh, wow. We're just a hub, man. Chicago is the hub of yeah. no, no talent hacks that love comics. Yeah. <laughs> Talentless loser. They hey. talk about comics. We don't. We yeah. can't do any. Hey, Dar- Dark Tower is the place to be on a Friday night. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Hookers at eleven. Yeah. Hookers. Hookers at eleven. All right, Andy. Thank you so much. Um, we will talk to you soon, man. Hi, it's a pleasure, guys. Take care. All right. See, Andy. Bye, bye. All right. Good night. All right, uh, before we go over to the news desk for Wired Wire Comics News, we have a very special report from our very own Tom Caters. You had yep. an exclusive interview yep, just this me. past week. Just me. How'd you score this? Uh, MySpace. Um, <laughs> he's one of my MySpace friends. So we've been talking on and off. He's a huge. He's a huge Packers fan, which I didn't know. He is not. No, he is. He, he is. loves the green. Man. He loves the green. He loves he's the all green. about the green. Yeah. And he said, hey, really you know, me. we're talking about, oh, I have season tickets. He's like, oh, I always want to get season tickets. <laughs> and then I'm like, hey, you want to talk about... You got season tickets? My parents do. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't go to them, though, because hmm. I don't live in the same city. But um, We could drive up for a Bears Packers Go to Bears Pet. Yeah. Better get there, because it's anyway. next Sunday. Yeah. All right. Well, anywho, he loved the Packers. And I said, hey, do you want to talk about Civil War? And he's like, I suppose... And he's like, I'm not going to talk to anyone else about this, especially John Suntress. So you bribed him. Suntress <laughs> 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 is on, is yeah, on the, the dead list. Yeah, this he's guy. on. Yeah, this guy won't go on anyone else. So we got an exclusive. All right. Well, oh. let's uh, let's take a look. All right, a look. Uh, a listen. Oh, let's listen. A very visual medium. This yes. this podcast. All right, here we go. The biggest event of the summer has been Civil War, and the biggest news story of the summer has been the delays of this event. We've heard from the fans, crybabies, creators, caviar-eating elitists, and the local shop managers, rag-wearing roustabouts. Now it is time to hear from the true victims of the Civil War delay, supervillains. Joining me today will be Victor Von Doom, doctor, magician, philosopher king. Now, victim? Yes, victim. These delays in Civil War virtually ruined my plans. Your listeners are probably unaware of how difficult it is to prepare to dominate a planet. It requires impeccable timing, an iron fist, but most importantly, it requires an incredible amount of deadlines. Now let's say you, you miss a deadline. The Doombot Factory is running behind schedule and you're confronted with the choice. Do you push back the invasion to maintain the quality of the attack, or you rush the matter and have a fill-in set of robots? Which do you choose? Well, it's more complicated than that. If I push my attack back, then Hydra has to push theirs back, and Galactus has to push his arrival back. It really messes up with the schedule. But if I had to choose, I would push it back. I'm known for a high-quality set of schemes. And when the collected edition of my schemes comes out, I would hate for there to be one with a bunch of fill-in robots. There's a certain amount of the public though, that demands that your schemes and attacks are on a regular schedule. I mean, for the 60s, 70s, and 80s, the villains attacked once a month. I mean, with alarming regularity. And it's far more common for attacks to be pushed back by weeks or even months. 
Is this really healthy for villains? Well, it's the reality of the new situation. Certain people would complain if their families were killed by villain robots, too. There's no way to please them. People demand a certain amount of quality of attack these days that they didn't accept back then. There's just more ways for you to die these days. Well, besides the fans, there's an entire economy that depends upon you. There's damage control, superheroes, local hardware stores. I mean, these people are also going to be affected very greatly by what you choose to do. Listen, the local hardware stores are going to make their money at some point. I'm just delaying their profits. I don't see why they have such a problem. Well, I think it's because you said you're going to attack, and then you suddenly push it back, and they've laid out all this money for nails and stuff, and it's not going to come through. I mean, it's mom-and-pop operations. I think you should show a little bit more concern. Doom does not tolerate this line of reasoning. All right, well, um... Thanks for talking to us. It's, it's been great. When I take over the world, your podcast will become Doomcast, and you will discuss all topics in and around Doom. Well, uh, I, I really look forward to uh, discussing that sort of uh, creative change with you. I uh, guess I'll see you around. For a guy who smells like a lawnmower that ate a skunk, he's got an awful lot of opinions. Um, Tom, major score. High yeah, five. Thank Sco- you. Nice score on the interview. Thank you. He destroyed my apartment, though. Just wrecked <laughs> the shit out of it. I thought it was like a. It sounded almost like it was being recorded from a you know undisclosed location somewhere underground. Or it was in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me and Doctor Doom sitting on my bed, sharing a, mi- a USB microphone. So, uh, what? Do you just email him? I I know you know creators are really friendly about doing interviews, but supervillains. You know, <laughs> super, well, I mean, it's like the whole pa- the whole Packers thing is like that's a it's tradition. Is Doom trying to like improve his image? Is this PR, f- you know, for Doom? Is no, that... I think it's more he wants you to know who's going to rule you in ten years. <laughs> <laughs> like he's he going want any to misconception. Yeah. Oh, yeah. familiarity with your soon. Yeah, you know what's going to happen. That's what. It, this is who he is every day. Well, nice job. Um, now that uh, we've had the special report, thank you very much, Tom Caters. <laughs> uh, let's move over to the news desk. It is time for Wire to Wire Comic News. Beep, beep, beep. These are your top headlines for the week of August 28th, 2006. Between now and September 30th, Fanographics Books is offering a straight-across-the-board discount of 20% off all Fanographics orders of $40 pre-discount or more. Go to www.fanographics.com for more information. This winter, comic scribe John Nyriber proves that even death can't stop a good story as Wesley Dodds returns for another adventure as Sandman. Look for Dodds to return in Sandman Mystery Theater, Sleep of Reason, a five-issue miniseries from Vertigo in December. The miniseries will tell two stories. One will follow the last solo adventures of Sandman, as well as highlighting his last moments with his wife Diane. The other will follow American War photojournalist Kieran Marshall, who finds items that Dodds left behind. The series is set in the war-torn country of Afghanistan near its Pakistani border. 
Look for Sandman Mystery Theater, Sleep of Reason, this winter from Vertigo. The list of characters to be included on the U.S. Postal Service second and final modern comic book superhero series has been posted on the Virtual Stamp Club forum. As was previously announced, the second series will feature Marvel superheroes, and the smart money is betting that the USPS will release the Marvel stamps just in time for the 2007 San Diego Comic-Con. Each of the ten characters will be depicted twice, once in a portrait and once on a comic book cover. An entire issue of stamps will consist of 20 42-cent stamps on a self-adhesive sheet. Spider-Man, The Incredible Hulk, Captain America, Iron Man, Submariner, and The Silver Surfer will be included along with two female characters, Spider-Woman and Elektra. No supergroups will be mentioned, though The Thing and Wolverine will be there to represent the Fantastic Four and the X-Men respectively. Marcosha Enterprises Limited is proud to officially announce plans to solicit and publish Phil Hester's new creator-owned series, Golly. I'm not sure that Phil gets enough credit as a writer, said Chuck Satterley, Marcosha's director of operations and a writer himself. Phil has a command of the odd. He is a masterful writer, and Golly is something that we are damn proud to be part of. Golly was created and written by Phil Hester. The series will be penciled by longtime assistant Brooke Turner with inks by Peter Palmiotti. Golly will be hitting store shelves in December. Bursting out of the current Captain America story arc, 21st Century Blitz, comes Britain's premier superhero, Union Jack, in his very own miniseries. Written by Chris Doyce Gage and art by Mike Perkins, fresh off his on Captain America with Ed Brubaker, Union Jack will redefine the hero from the British Isles for a new generation. When Union Jack's boss at MI5 risks innocent lives to bring down an enemy, Union Jack has to decide whether London's only chance of survival is if he strikes out on his own. Featuring a cadre of villains, including Batrock the Leaper, Boomerang, Jack-O-Lantern, Machete, Crossfire, Shockwave, and others, Union Jack No. 1 finds England in trouble like it has never been before. been your top headlines. For the full version of these and other stories, go to www.aroundcomics.com, your source for the best in comics news, reviews, and opinions. Joining us for the second half of the show uh, is our good friend, Mr. John Suntress. Hey, boys. How you doing? Doing and, good. <laughs> and we've got uh, Scott Cedarland. How you doing? This is what a real podcast looks like. <laughs> this is a, this, uh, well, yeah. Sorry. Right. Um, All these shiny dials and knobs everywhere. We've got wires. <laughs> and uh, Ted uh, Apoc from the forum. Ted, how you doing? I'm doing good. Glad to be here. All right. You're, you're now your official Around Comics debut after I destroyed last week's episode. The parrot flew away. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's start off. Uh, first story. Between now and September 30th, you can go to <coughs> Fanagraphics and get pretty much any of the Fanagraphics line at 20% off their already reduced prices at their website. So, 
Uh, I actually called Fanographics this week to talk to them about that, talk to uh, Kim. You can look at our news story on the site, and it even has a number to, uh, to give him a call. And I asked him basically how their pricing works and, and why we should buy from Fanographics directly, and because you can still go to a place like Amazon and get some Fanographics work for a little bit more of a discount. And basically what Kim said is that they would love for you to go to Fanographics and buy their material there. That's great for them. It's great for the creators. But he also said if you want to buy it from Amazon, that's not a bad thing either as long as you're buying it. So I'll tell you what, uh, if you can get to a convention, <clears throat> man, and they're at it, you can get some amazing... They, they mm -hmm. were selling stuff half off. I picked up uh, Tricked for like... Mm, that's top shelf. That's top Sorry. shelf. Oh. Wrong company. Man, never mind that Forget shelf. it. <laughs> <laughs> Screw never that. Then. Uh, that. Uh, but this is very reminiscent of when top shelf was doing the same thing when they were having cash problems, and I'm assuming that's not the case with Fanographics. But it's nice to support the you know publisher sure. directly and you know let them know these are the books I like. And I mean, yeah, I mean, there's no filter there. I mean, obviously they're looking at what you know kind of traffic they get at their website. If you like a certain kind of book, maybe that'll give them more incentive to publish more books like that. Yeah, and if sure. you can spend a couple extra Thanks bucks, for saving my ass there, know. John. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, that's that's what the story truly reminded me of when I first yeah. heard it. You know? But if you can spend a couple extra bucks, you know, buy it from Fanographics. Now, I will say we had uh, mentioned it a little bit earlier during the main topic. Fanographics is who publishes the Love and Rockets anthologies, uh, Locus and oh, Palomar. Yeah. So we're going to be doing a uh, a spotlight on Love and Rockets. Cool. So if you're interested in being a part of that as a listener, definitely check them out at Fanographics, buy them from Amazon, whatever. But uh, look into Love and Rockets. They're doing the complete peanuts, and I mean, really, those early Dick, 1950s, Dick which Tracy? are awesome. Uh, uh, Dick Tracy is actually yeah. on EW. Oh, 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 but that's okay. okay. But no, and it, they're following again the Fanographic uh, format that's what that they're doing for uh, peanuts and also. Uh, Dennis the Menace as well. Anybody a fan gang. of, of the, uh, yeah. the Yard Gang one? Oh, I don't know. Is that? I, I think they are. They are doing that. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. kidding. You're right. Wow. Yeah. wow. Yeah. That, see, that, I, that goes back I didn't to the Matt know, Fraction. See, the episode. weird thing about going back and reading those old, um, uh, those old Peanuts ones is I did not realize that there was like a two-week story where Lucy stabbed Charlie Brown. <laughs> what is it with you because and he, Because he was an inform, informer did, for the communists. Did Mark Miller write that Yes, issue? Uh, the communists. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that is one, the one where Peppermint Patty talks to the uh, Committee on Un-American Affairs. Like Actually, you, you, find, you suddenly realize <laughs> if you've only seen Peanuts like from the 70s or the cartoons yeah. and stuff. They're better. Uh, Violet them. and Patty are like frontline characters in those early 50s ones and like got and pushed back. No, no, this is oh. Patty as opposed to but, uh, Peppermint Patty. Oh. Poor, different character. Poor Franklin still can't get a yeah, fucking Franklin, line. Yeah, no, Franklin wasn't there yet. No, no, this was, this was, this was, this was your, uh, this is the Ike years. Well, no, there are no Franklins in the 50s, man. Uh -uh. No, no, not, not, not in Peanuts, man. Uh-uh. No, you know. Going back to uh, Dick, Dick Tracy, was anybody a fan of the, uh, uh, the Dick Tracy animated show that I guess? Yes. I, I I guess I'm getting a copy of they're re-releasing that on DVD and I'm getting a copy of that from a friend of mine. Who it's crazy because it was you know it's made in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I mean it was I, all you know, Tribune I, stuff. I, I wish that somebody here had talked to Max Allen Collins about this stuff. I I did that. Oh oh, <laughs> Why, I did that. No, actually, uh, <laughs> we just talked about the 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 strip in general and about Chet Gould in in general, and then when Max took over the strip in the 70s. But um, we didn't really talk about the cartoon, other than its existence. 
But, you know, Ray Rayner, who used to be a great Chicago children's host in sure. the did mornings yeah. and yeah. was part of Bo was part of Bozo Circus and stuff and was with WGN T V for years. He was the uh live action guy that would introduce the Dick Tracy cartoons in Chicago and was like a fake police dispatcher with a little dog puppet. And I can't remember the dog puppet's name, but they would introduce the cartoons. And uh it was it was great because it was the goofy sixties when uh they had the flying they were they were like platforms, but they looked like trash cans. He and Sam Ketchum, like all these crazy gizmos. It didn't. It how didn't. Hell, how do you remember this cause, shit, John? Because I, I was in the basement uh, instead of getting sun. <laughs> now you guys go ahead and play outside in the summer. I'll be down here watching TV, <laughs> losing my eyesight. That's, this is this is where Ben Glasses Man came from, as Andy Parks was talking about earlier. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, it was they the two way wristwatch and TV watch the, that was just the beginning. There were tons of crazy gadgets, and that's when they went in their whole science fiction phase of the moon and uh, the moon, moon maid that ended up marrying Junior Tracy. Crazy shit. Well, look for look for my review in a few months. Or <laughs> yeah. weeks All right, there you go, man. All right, guys, um, Sandman fans, rejoice! Yay! No, Tom, the other Sandman, well, the Wesley, yeah, the good Sandman. one, the, the really good one. one. Oh, yeah. Gas masks and Gas mask, yes. Wesley Dodds is coming back for a five issue mm -hmm. miniseries from Vertigo in Sweet. December. So um <laughs> yeah, buying that. Yeah. John A. Ryber, man, I, I, I think that's a good fit. And I and I loved where James Robinson Did he do the uh what did he do before Ryber uh He did the Captain America yeah, 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 that yeah. like right the nine eleven Captain America that, okay. that you know yeah, kind yeah. of got mixed with Cassidy. He was the writer right. on it. They got a mixed response and everything. And then he did some G. I. Joe stuff in the last couple of years as well. Okay. Some uh, books of magic as well. Yes, that's right. He's. I, I think where James Robinson left Wesley Dodds in terms of uh, being a, a ninety-year-old golden age character <laughs> in Starman, I thought that was really cool. And if you remember in that JSA one, mm -hmm. it, yeah. it led off right, with right. with the and death him. of Wesley Dodds. See, what, yeah, you know. what I love about Sandman, oh, I love <laughs> I love his, his costume is one of the most distinctive costumes in comic books. And I love his sidekick as well. I love Diane Sand. Belmont? I love oh, Sand. Oh, okay. Sand's one of my favorite. Oh yeah. Under you know appreciated characters. Oh, I agree with you. Yes, exactly. Sandy uh, from the uh, revamp. He doesn't like to be called Sandy anymore. Well, I understand, but Joe Simon. <laughs> <laughs> that was when Joe Simon and Jack Kirby yeah, no. took the character over. And, I love you know. this. I, I love the character. I just love the whole idea of Matt yeah. Wagner and Steve Siegel. I'm the original Sam and Mystery Theater. What a great series. And oh, yeah. A, 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 love, yeah. Love that series. Really, just one of the really original Vertigo series that really spoke of the Dashiell Hammett kind of era of... Guy of, Davis art. Yes. Oh. Just gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Yeah. yeah no, I, you know, I'm so glad they finally started trading it because, uh, you know, I mean, it was it's a bargain. You could find it in dollar and 50 cent bits yeah. all the time. But absolutely worth reading, and I'm looking forward to what... Uh, Niber does with it. Fantastic series. Yeah. I'm glad to see him back. Um, yeah. uh, stamp fans rejoice. Yay! Uh, uh, any, any, anybody yeah. big stamp, stamp fans? Can, uh, no. Ted, Scott, uh, anybody pick fans. up the DC? No. I the DC bugs. stamps. I'm thinking you wouldn't want to put the Hulk stamp on anything fragile. <laughs> Hulk smash! <laughs> don't smash! I didn't get the fragile. DC ones. I I don't know. Really? I just not stamps. I got some Elvis stamps. Fat Elvis. Elvis or Gold or Gold Lame suit this Elvis. This was uh, this was. Um, I will rip out your tongue by the goddamn gold roots. Gold Lame suit Elvis. Yeah, the, the first old the first ones that they they it's pulled out. Yeah. I have a whole sheet of them somewhere. Sweet. And, and along along with like a giant. Um, I think I'm gonna give them to Mike Norton so he can put them next to his uh, Elvis tile. 
from yeah. Wasteland, yeah. Yeah, that he's got. <laughs> Have you ever listened to the like Elvis bootlegs from the 70s where he's all fucked up <clears throat> on drugs? Uh, I'll give him yeah, sure, sure. yeah, it's like oh, oh, I, I will ri- if I find out who's been writing stories about me being strung out, I will rip your tongue up by the goddamn roots. <laughs> Just like <laughs> screaming at that. Anyway, that's way off topic. Yeah, I'm not uh, really. I'm not a big, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how did we get there? How did we get? I don't know. Stamps. Yeah, All right. stamps. When are they going to come out with stamps. independent stamps? When are we going to see a Walking Dead? <laughs> yeah, stamps. I'm sure Kirkman yeah. wants it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. sure it's yeah, on its way. Yeah, let's see. The Walking Dead. Walking Dead bus. What? You better order extra. Uh, order cool. them for oh, cool. people. Of zombies or of the main oh. character? Or like oh, a. Who wants, yeah, who wants that kid? You know. Yeah, we can't get a uh, zombie. I want Tyrese. She's badass. Tyrese. A bust of Tyrese. Yeah. It, unless he's wearing a, a chain around his neck and like you know a yellow shirt. How <laughs> <laughs> you you know? Damn. She's <laughs> damn. We like to call him Luke Cage. Uh, Thank yeah. you. All right. You know, Damn. Tyrese. Right. Jesus Christ, with right. the Franklin yeah, I, guess, I guess Kirkman won't be coming up. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Hey, I love Walking Dead, but I don't want to. Okay. Um, Phil Racial. Hester has a new creator-owned series. We just talked a lot about Phil Hester in the previous segment Jesus. with his uh, with his uh, inking partner Andy Parks. What's uh, he doing? This is a uh, Golly. It's Golly. coming out oh, yeah. from Marcosia Enterprises. Yeah, Marcosia actually. <laughs> Marcosia. Marcosia? Yeah, 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 Marcosia or something. Yeah. It's, it, Chuck Savelli's uh, fine company. Yeah. It's funner to say Marcosia. I talked to Chuck. At, uh, good man. Yeah. Of Bitter Souls. I think he book. actually just joined our forum at, at our website He's uh, a good guy. last really? week. Chuck Who did? did. Chuck Shatterly. Yeah. The yeah. guy who Chuck runs. Chuck Satterley. Satterley, yeah. I always say, I'm always I guess I say Shatterly. Say I guess I should say the name of the company right. Yeah, man. Well, he had, uh, you know, actually. A round comics. I dropped you get a hook in your voice when you do it. It's Marcosia. <laughs> it's I'm like of a redneck from Southern uh, Illinois. Deal with Marcosia. it. I, I talked to him a little bit uh, <laughs> at Wizard World, and then I, I was going to go back, and he wanted me to come back, and we were going to talk some more, and I never got a chance, but we should. You blew him off. Way to go. I did kind of blow him come off. To my van. Later, Sal. No. I'll tell you all about my comics. Well. No. <laughs> anyway. How'd you know about the clown in the park? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Anything with Phil Hester's name on it, pick it up. That's what we're saying here. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I had even a note. his underwear. Um, I don't know if, if he Phil Hester. If Phil Hester farted on a snare drum, you'd buy that album. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and go ahead and get that. All right. Usually somewhere, that's somewhere. Usually that's who's drinking that? Bombing yeah. Ringo Starr. I was say, some, somewhere someone's <laughs> having a drink. Um, I, I have a Does note here. It wasn't really a big enough press release to make a full story. Yeah. In the, but in it the is a story. Yeah. But it is a story. Um, Wonder Woman uh, has gone by. Because yeah. your buddy Alan, what? Alan Heinberg, God he, bless he him. can't put out. He can't put out a monthly Chia- book. I'm What's sorry. Maybe he's making more cash writing Grey's Anatomy. Well, then don't don't do don't, don't make a fault. commitment. Don't that's make a commitment. You know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to drop one next woman, time, no matter how good it is, and read a shitty comic that comes me. out every month. Uh, listen, <laughs> no, honestly, I think, hey, that's the no, that's the publisher's decision. The only reason I'm pissed off about it is because that's a good fucking book. I yeah. agree. I've never really but read Wonder Woman, but I, I started when they revamped it, and when he was Rucka did a really good run on it. He really did, but he also did. he no, did. But, but I didn't care for it all. Right. But but this Rucka. is the best superhero <laughs> stuff in a really long it, time. Of her, I completely agree with you. Yes, of her. And so I'm a little pissed. And and no, Alan is like such a hardcore. Wonder Woman fan. I mean, he even was like, "Oh, you know, he's like he loved the Denny O'Neill white jumps, jumpsuit, Diana Prince, you know, years sure. and stuff." The, the well, he's brought years. it back. Who doesn't? Yeah. You know? mean, oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's the thing, and it's it's great. It's so great, and it's it's worth the wait. It's like planetary, man. 
at least each issue. Wow. I, well, all right, fine. But I'm, but I'm, but I know he's but your I'm buddy saying, at all, John. He's a hell of a writer, and I really think that, what I mean, all right, fine, but what I mean to say about like Planetary is, though, each issue, you're getting a lot of, that's a big you chunk are. of story, yeah. I think, in, in both issues. And, you get gigantic. Um, Wait wearing, for the trade now. Wearing her as a necklace. Come on. That was pretty cool. Right. <laughs> and Nemesis. Come on, Nemesis, yeah. for Christ's sake. What, what's that, the, the, the two guys over in the corner, they're just kind of like looking wide-eyed. Um, do you prefer a book coming out bi-monthly if it's good or monthly on a regular schedule that's maybe pretty good? I mean, my, my preference is that it's good, and, and I'd rather wait for it. Um, I'd agree, yeah. And, you know, rather than have them rush crap out. So you're with Doom. Yes, I'm with Doom. <laughs> I'm with Doom. Doom is all about quality. You know, you, you throw up one time in a Latvian restaurant, and you can't get a guy to come on Doom. your radio station. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what the hell happened. Uh, you did it because you're Greek. No, you know. Latvian blood sausage. Never order it after eggs. I'm telling you, it's not good. Doom. Not good. All right, this is uh, a story that I know that Sal is, is pretty excited about. I know you're going to pick it up. Uh, Union Jack. Uh, oh yeah, sure, absolutely. You're a Union you know, Jack fan. spinning out of the uh, the Captain America uh, London Blitz, you know, twenty uh, first century Blitz. By, yeah, uh, Andrew Baker, right out of it. Did you I, see? I've always been a big fan. Did of Did you guys him. see Mike Perkins at, yeah. at Chicago? Did you talk oh no, to him no, about? I didn't. I didn't actually. Because because uh, yeah, did I, he have a? Where was he at? You know, I saw him hanging out with Gary. I just happened to Run talk. Into to, him? Yeah, because Gary Reed from uh, from uh, Caliber. The, he uh, well no it's the truth when you guys when you Thank guys sent me that when you guys sent me the Manhattan at dinner that's who uh, that's one of the guys I there you go I'm like just hanging out and stuff and all of a sudden a compliment this is a compliments from the table over there and I'm like oh hey all right you know Scott, but yeah Gary Reed I, I set up an interview with him and it's just so happy Mike Perkins is there and he's like yeah Mike Perkins you know him he's doing uh, Captain America and he's going to be doing Union Jack I'm like yes yeah, I do yes, yes, and he he absolutely sold me on this book I mean you know it sounds great uh, I, I'm a huge Union Jack fan. I'm a huge Invaders fan. I just got done reading the uh, trade, the, the Cassidy and uh, um, Ben Rab. Yeah, Rab. Excellent story. story. Excellent yeah. story. No, and Joey Chapman's a fun character, mm-hmm. and I and I think um, I, I think yeah, you're right. I think the London Blitzkrieg story and Cap has been great. And well, I, you know, I see Mike's uh, going to follow him to the other book. Um, it's MI5, right? Is what he's mixed into, and which is something else that that John and I share a, a common huge uh, fan of MI5 uh, fandom that's the domestic that's all he's been talking about it's your uh, domestic uh, branch of your uh, England <laughs> you're, uh, a fan, you're a fan of a specific branch of <laughs> yes <laughs> I, yes I, I enjoy the, the guy man <laughs> yeah. me I'm, I'm a big MI5 I'm a big Department of the Interior fan uh, no, um, uh, I love you Lord Ministry. Fall Away <laughs> TV show uh, over uh, on BBC it was called Spooks that's right and when it was uh, brought over for a American Consumption. They renamed it MI5. Absolutely fantastic. The last episode, the first, uh, the first season is six issues or six issues, six, six issues. episodes. The last episode of the first season so, okay. will make you cry. Have you watched the other? Oh two my god! The other two no, as we no, come no, up, as we come closer, as we come closer to September 11th, uh-huh. think about watching a foreign TV show and being entertained by it. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Yeah, have the Terrace One guys? No, actually, Are there no actually good shows um, they do. I think MI5 does a better job covering terrorism in yeah, terms pub, of dramatically yeah. and stuff, especially in the second and third seasons. Gonna, gonna, I want my entertainment totally, to make uh, me forget. Of, <laughs> speaking of uh, <laughs> September 11th, is that in the news? Where's the laughter, guys? That September 11th comic that's here. making a huge what's ruckus. Ha- oh, what's happening? Uh, I picked up yesterday. 
Yeah, there's an the, adaptation. Uh, the the oh, oh, the yes, the, yes, yes. Uh, Sid Jacobson and uh, Ernie Colon. Er, Ernie Colon, yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. It's making it's making a buzz. I mean, people are bitching and complaining yeah. about Slate it. Slate Gordon, who was on the 9-11 Commission, is on the panel with them at, at San Diego and stuff, talking no about it. No, it's really, and it's it's on uh, Slate.com, yeah, so you don't have to. It on Slate. So, yeah. yeah, they've got the and, uh, Slate Gordon. Two, two of the commissioners did the introduction to it. I imagine Slate Gordon it, was one of them, yeah. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to read the book yet, but uh, looking at it, it's a great-looking book. It, it reminds me of when, um, and I can't remember the guy's name who used to be on Comic Book Resources. I think he's still there when he does the oddball comic, Scott. Scott Shaw. Scott sure. Shaw, thank you. And um, that's what it like, reminds me of, because like, you know, they even said you know, in interviews, oh, can you imagine trying to do like this kind of thing with the Warren report, about the Warren Commission report, about the JFK Good assassination? Lord. But this is a great way of... Giving you the information of the of the nine eleven commission, and I, I think it was a brilliant idea of Jacobson. More palatable way too. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know that's what that's what Eisner used to say all the time. You weren't riveted by the book. I read it. No, I, didn't, I, didn't read it. <laughs> I did read. I did read a, a, a two books on the Warren Commission, but <laughs> that well, was but I, but um, <laughs> the, yeah, the Warren Report is like you know supposedly just ridiculously crazy. And I remember oh, yeah. like my grandparents having it in their library and stuff. And did you ever read that? No, we didn't read it. You know, it's, <laughs> we bought it. We didn't read it. But um, you bought no, it. No, that's what Eisner said bad. about. That's what Eisner said. That's how he convinced the army to do PS Magazine. Because he's like, look, you got all these technical manuals, and they're really tough to digest. Why don't you put them in comic book form, and the GIs will like have fun, like right. learning what they need yeah. to learn. It's, and it and it totally made sense. What do you sense. call it, Tom? Edutainment. Edutainment. It's, it's, it's edutainment. <laughs> so you see, the late Will Eisner would agree with you. I, I, I just. I, this, I think it's that cool. story came out this week, and I knew yeah. it wasn't in the news, so I, I just figured that out. Slate.com. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've got it there, and it's... We're that's, running a tight schedule. Slate, they're yeah. very smart. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to... <laughs> Give me this. <laughs> Slate's great. You, right. can, you know, you can just click on an ad and, and get their paid content for free if you just click on, like, an ad and stuff like that, so... Oh. They're, they're good guys. What are we doing? Okay. All we're right. Well, night. guys, that, that, will, uh, that will wrap up our news for the week. And that means it is time for Top of the Stack. Top. Top. Of the Stack. Of the Stack. Stack. Top of the Stack is brought to you by King Tractor Press. Don't miss two fantastic new titles from King Tractor Press, Family Bones and Devil Water, both available in the September issue of Previews. Family Bones is based on the true story of the oldest married couple on Missouri's death row, written by Sean Granger with art by Orlando Baez and Kenneth Landgraf. Devil Water Number 1 is the horrific and comedic story of Henry Hill's encounters with outlaws, demons, angels, and religious fanatics in the Old West, written by Stephen Barr with art by Tileman Cheney, with a cover by Harry Rowland. Ask your local retailer for Devil Water Number 1 and Family Bones Number 1 today. For more information about these exciting new books, visit www.kingtractorfilms.com. Right. Thank you to King Tractor Press for sponsoring Top of the Stack. Story of Henry Hills. Was that Hank Hill? Hank one, Hill? Hey, wait no, one second there. Not <laughs> Hank. No, Henry Hill is uh, the guy that. Goodfellas. Goodfellas. This the. But they said the Old West, so that's not that same. Henry it's not Hill that Henry Hill. I don't know who this Henry Hill. Henry Hill was. Wait. It'd be funny if it was Hank Hill. He once shot a man for snoring. I know who Henry Hill is, and I can't. I can't. Remember those time life Pull books? it out of my brain. Well, anyway, Judge but Roy there you go. But check out, King check out the books. King, King, yes, yes. Thank yeah. you, thank you, King Tractor, uh, a new sponsor yeah. for the show. Um, top of the stack. Who who would like to go first? I can uh, go. You go first. Oh, okay, I'll go I'll second. Go first. Sure. 
Uh, my top of the stack is Criminal, number one. It hasn't come out yet. How can you pick oh, that as your top of the stack? Pulling out the Ooh, I get my top. exclusive yeah. copy. Aren't I cool? That's right, suckers. <laughs> my good, good friend, yeah. Ed. He loves you. Was nice enough to send me a copy of... Actually, we're not friends, but... Anyway, he, uh, <laughs> he sent me a preview copy of Criminal, number one, uh, written by Ed Rubaker, art by Sean Phillips. Um, I, uh, when, when this was announced months ago, I was thrilled and joyed and just full of angst to, I couldn't get, you know, wait to, to see this book and, um, full of angst. Angst. I don't know. I'm thrilled and joyed and full of angst. <laughs> He's filled with anger. Brian Salazar, Rob Comics. Angst. <laughs> that, that, that's no, gonna, that quote's going to make the back of the train. I can guarantee that. Anger. That, that's just pretty much nutshell. No, no. Right angst there. is, you know, like. Man, anyway, comics, so they call it thrilled and angst. All right, all right, all right. Um, I can hear Brubaker now. Did, did you like it? As a friend, as a friend, as as, a as friend. someone who uh, loved seeing the crime and Sleeper and huge fan of Daredevil and and that whole crime stuff, I was really excited to see him go back to sort of his roots of crime fiction. Um, as much as I love Sleeper, I think this book really has a chance to be better. Um, and the reason I say that is because. While the main character, Holden, in Sleeper, is a very interesting and intriguing character, he is just one guy. And after 14, or 24 issues of Holden's life, that was about all you needed to know about him. Where Criminal is not about one character. It's about the city and the underworld and that life. And Ed's really set up a way for him to bring any type of characters in and out of this book whatever type of characters and stories that he wants. Um, this first issue is about a guy named Leo, who's a sort of failed thief, um, pickpocket, um, and coward. Uh, he's really afraid of ending up like his dad, who died in a jail cell. Um, so he spends his time between taking care of his father's ex-partner, who happens to be an aging, Alzheimer-ridden junkie, um, and the rest of his time is trying to make as much money picking pockets and selling IDs. Um, a crooked cop comes along from his past, offers him a deal he finds hard to resist, and the story ensues. This book is f just perfect for anybody that's a fan of crime, fiction, noir. It's got all the elements, uh, you know, shady characters, shadows, smoky bars, um, pickpockets, con men, crooked cops... Anything you could possibly want. Uh, the dialogue is dead on. I, I mean, yeah, it's Brubaker. It's it's just that right combination of noir and camp and like you know criminal lingo, but not cheesy. And Phillips' art is just fantastic. I mean, his stuff is so perfect for this type was of story. It, was it interesting because the preview that we got the PDF, half of it's colored and half of it's black and white. How right. did you like the difference between the two of them? Um, I like the colored a lot more. Okay. I, I wouldn't have enjoyed the book nearly as much without the, the colors because I think Phillips adds so much um, mood to, to the story with with his coloring. Does it does it say who did the colors? I, I believe there? he did. Is it think, or Val Stable? Uh, yeah, oh, I'm sorry, it is Val Stable. Because as I said, Val mentioned you're that right, yeah, you're Brubaker, right. Brubaker mentioned that Val was working on the book. Um, is that who colored Sleeper? You you go. I'm I don't grab know. The That's a good question. Uh, and I was I was curious yeah. about that cell. How different is the art from uh, Sleeper so far? Um, it's pretty similar. It's, it's pretty good. similar. Yeah. It's, it's it's probably a little better. A little bit. 
cleaner, yeah. but not real clean. You okay. know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. got plenty of grit and and that you know Phillips sort of dirt to it. Oh yeah, but not Avena, not as much. Um, it's a nine-panel grid system, which I liked. But what I really liked about it was the way Phillips kind of kept you. There was a real claustrophobic <clears throat> effect to the way he was laying out the story, and. It worked really well because it made you concentrate on this little story in this huge crime-ridden city, and I think that's that was intentional. I think he cool. was really trying to do that. Um, you know, I if you're at all a fan of Brubaker, if you're at all a fan of crime books, if you're just a fan of good stories, go pick it up. It's it's and, and great. Please, 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 if you have not read Sleeper. Please pick that up and trade. Oh my God, yeah. yeah. Four unbelievable trades. Uh, an excellent story. And really pick up Point Blank, which is kind of the sleeper mm-hmm. prequel the as pre- well. Yeah, the prequel to it. Remember um, the uh, mm-hmm. five page preview that's in Walking Dead? Yes, the last yeah. Issue. Yeah. yeah. Issue 30 of Walking Dead? Yeah. Which is not, it is not five pages from issue one of Criminal. It is a standalone five page right. preview. So yeah, it's kind of like a trailer mm-hmm. almost. Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tom, you're top of the stack? Well, now I'm filled with doubt about my top of the stack. And angst. <laughs> and angst. Filled with angst. <laughs> much anger about much my top angst. of the stack. Angst. Much angst it's and anger. It's not anger. Go I, get I'm a picking, dictionary. I'm picking Supermarket 4 by Brian Wood, and this is why. Um, I'm one of the few people that doesn't enjoy DMZ, and one of the reasons I don't like DMZ or the bad parts of Demo is that Brian Wood sometimes doesn't have a sense of humor, um, which... I think he displays a very wicked sense of humor within Supermarket, and especially in the fourth issue, which I actually really appreciated. And uh, the art's fantastic, and that's it. <laughs> there was humor in the careers, wasn't there? And Cous- um, Couscous Express, wasn't there? Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes it's a little... Sometimes... Um, I think every issue of DMZ weighs about 50 pounds. Yeah, yeah but I think, I mean, again, the th- consider the backdrop of DMZ, too. There's not, yeah, I mean, not no. a lot of humor when, <laughs> when the country No, I mean, it's trees. just, I think it's like a, a nice combination of different things that you don't necessarily see Brian Wood do all the time. I, I must confess, that I am, and I know Brubaker chided us for it, but although he does it himself, I am waiting for the trade on Supermarket. I have to admit. Well, wait, wait for the big guys. record scratch here. I'm a huge Brian Wood fan. Really looking forward to Supermarket Number Four. I was incredibly disappointed. Nobody cares. What are you picking? What do you have? What do you have? Yeah, what's your top, what's of, the stick? Your top of the stack? Of voice of what is it? That's all right. What is it? Batman. Fucking Batman? <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> you did. That was good. <laughs> I. We'll, we'll debate. I've been I've been four. extremely yes. disappointed by Batman. Yeah, so, so have I. You gotta be Morrison. No, no you're wrong. Really? No. Why? What? What? Right. Because right. it's my, my top of the stack. Okay. Because <laughs> it's Grant Morrison. Is Batman number six? He started it. So let's let's really keep that in mind. I'm a Marvel guy, but I am so enjoying Batman right now. Whether it's Detective or the main Detective's Batman. Detective's good. Uh, Grant Morrison, <laughs> Andy Kubert. What I, Grant Morrison is really for for most common everyday comic book fans. Everyone thinks of Grant Morrison as doing really weird wonky stuff. This is just it's a superhero book. It's what he's doing is a superhero book. It is and it's a good Batman story. It's Bruce Wayne goes on vacation and 
there are man ninja man bats that in he London. has to fight in London. I mean, come on, it is it's fun. How about and the backdrop of yeah, the of the, the gala artwork. that they're in? Yeah. Exactly. Wasn't that cool? All the, wow. all the Liechtenstein kind of uh, art that's like. Wait, wait. Do you yeah. guys all want to? Do you guys all want to shit on my top of the stack, <laughs> or do you want? <laughs> do you want to <laughs> line up? I'm, yeah. Do you want to line up so and everyone I, crap there, on it? There is this bit. <laughs> and the artwork in the background, I thought, was amazing and, and almost told its own story behind the rest of the story. Yeah, kind of like the uh, top ten. Kind of in that top mm-hmm. ten sort of way, where there are almost Easter eggs if you look at what's going mm-hmm. on in the background, which is just again even more of a value. Yeah. All right, I, I was I was actually just kind of tr- trying to defend Tom. I, <laughs> yeah. I thought the, the last fuck? issue of Batman Tom, was pretty fucking brilliant. With that, of, but <laughs> loved the first three issues of Supermarket. I was well really now I look retarded. The cheese stands alone. Is that Stanley? It's, I'm looking. There, I mean, uh, they have like a pow. Remind me of the old television show yeah. where they yeah. they had the mm-hmm. words. Oh yeah, well that's it, it, it's it that kinda 60s kinda was, pop art Liechtenstein yeah. kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I found yeah. kind of that distracting in my first read through. Yeah. When I was going through, it's like okay, man, I'm punching someone. There's pow behind him. But then I know my my best friends read it. And he, I told them about that. He's like. That was happening there. <laughs> oh, I thought that was great. I thought it was yeah. a great. I thought it was the best part of the book. The right. story was secondary and lacking. How about what I, I thought the man bat fell a little easily. I thought the man bat scene was great. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, it's Batman. It's Batman fighting like thirty ninja man bats. He I mean, get his ass kicked. And, and I loved He's when Batman. he did get his ass kicked. Have you guys heard the DC podcast where uh, Morrison really talked? It was. I don't. I don't listen it, to it, it was podcasts. called the. It was called the Big Three. And they had um, everybody that's working on one of the three uh, characters. And Morrison's talking about Batman, and he mentions the fight scene with the Man Bats and how uh, he's like got one giant, you know, five hundred pound carcass, and he's like, oh my god, you know, this kind of, you know, five hundred pound carcass. What does it remind me of? And there's a flashback to him and. Uh, Dick with Anne Harriet serving up Thanksgiving Big dinner. Turkey. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, happy holidays, boys. You know, and it's, I oh, mean. Which one was it reminding him of the turkey or Anne Harriet? But what is the well, point of that? Like, unfortunately. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like he's, uh, Morrison, if you listen to that, he explains exactly his take on Batman, and it's fascinating. He's like, the so guy, month, the guy to stay, the guy to stay sane kind of tells himself kind of sick jokes to kind of get through the craziness that surrounds him. And it's, I just think it's a very interesting, yeah, fun take on Yeah, but you didn't introduce the, that at all into the story, and when you see it, it's just like, okay, there's a Thanksgiving scene in the middle of this. Oh, no, no, no. He, I, no, he uh, says, he's like, what does this, re- yeah, this situation yeah. remind me of? What and, does that remind well, me of? I read of, it. I, yeah. I know, but I'm just saying, as far as sequential storytelling goes. Oh, uh, and, interesting and, humor. Yeah. I just expected more out of Grant Morrison. I, I well, thought he would no, do more see, with I, that. I story's that, still coming, though. I think this, yeah, is, true I think this is nice because... I, I, had, I had huge expectations. I had to step back is. and say, okay, is this going to be a huge mind-bending Grant Morrison story? And I'm oh, re- no, I'm Morrison doesn't. And, I mean, and I'm just like, you know what? It's just a fun Batman story. And I, I just read some. Yeah, of but the it, Demon, doesn't, it doesn't. And so they're bringing. They're oh, bringing I think this is going to be a very significant Batman story. Yeah, and I think give it away. I mean, it has a great ending. Yeah, but yeah. I- if you've read some of the Demon, you know where it's going. You know where it's going. Yeah, but if compare you that read to like some of the Demon. Then we three. What? Compare that book to like we three. But it's three. a different. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what Chris is saying, though. That's no, but I'm comparing it to it. Well, don't well that's that. not fair. Read, well, it, for, read it for what it is. Why not? Because what? it's like you don't. You the guy is showing you he's got different muscles he's using here, and I think that's cool. Yeah, well, I, 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 I don't think, think he's flexing so too hard on this one. Is all I'm saying. I think I. 
I, th- I don't know. I think, I don't know. I think Tom's something just like sitting over here looking so three. dejected. He's so I, upset I think, at me because I, I think the hookers like working overtime for Grant when he's doing part of my show. Yeah, but we three. I know that. I'm not going to participate. I agree. And it wasn't weird. It wasn't. It wasn't a some sort of wonky new X Men ish bizarre out of control or the filth or something like that where you don't even understand what's going on. It was it was a pretty straightforward three part story, yet at the same time it, the the character development of these three animals cyborg animals was unbelievable. Oh yeah. So far in this, I've gotten you know some cool art effects and some interesting you know sort of minutia between you know the the backgrounds and what's happening in the foreground. But nice to see Bruce Wayne again in a Batman book for me. That's yes. just me. Sorry. Yeah, maybe. Sorry. Like well, comparatively, Aunt, 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 I, I will agree. And Anne Harry. Aunt Agatha. Oh, it is Aunt Agatha. Com- Aunt compared Aunt Agatha, compared yeah. to you know the last three years of Batman, it's. You know, well, that's what I'm saying. I just think all of I think both Batman and Detective. I just think so my expectations. Why are we talking were so about Batman high. for so fucking long? <laughs> well, actually, I was going to transition because, as opposed to comparing it to We Three, let's compare it to my top, if okay, I may. Well, which John, was which was which, was which was All Star Superman. Uh, can I go back? Can no, I, can we re-record and, that? And, and no I'm going to pick All Star Superman. Did you enjoy it? Was oh, it I fucking loved it. Well, that's I think it's kind of the same head. I think he's just having fun with the with the toys and and showing you the different things he would do with them. And God, I just. Great characterization. I it so evokes. I know that he's been doing a lot of the Weisinger era Superman stuff, but for me, this was 1970s Luther. This was the this is the Luther that Elliot Majin and and Carrie Bates and Denny O'Neill used to write, and where Lex was part of Superman's past. He knew him as Superboy. You know they they have they have a long history and Clark too. And it's um it's slightly different because I guess it is retcon that he just sees Kent as kind of a you know, and, uh, yeah, and Oaf, exactly. But it just felt like '70s Lex having an intelligent modern conversation, I, I, and I've missed that. And I, I thought, thought it was really cool. it was unbelievable combination of of that, you know, and then your 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 Golden Age, Silver Age, or Silver Age more so Superman, and just sure. that fun aspect. Oh, absolutely. But then brought Clark just being goofy and like clumsy and stuff, but still saving the day. Avery, but then brought time. into a modern time frame that just. You know, Luther on death wasn't, Yeah, I mean, it was just it made so much sense. It didn't. It didn't feel like someone trying to write a Silver Age story, as opposed to taking all those really cool elements from the, that time and bringing it into oh, yeah. a fantastic story. I mean, you it's, know, it's a nice visit. It's. I mean, and, and again, there's a book that's. I guess stayed relatively on schedule. Well, I guess it was a little late. Was it? Or, it's, or maybe it's a bi monthly. Is it a bi monthly? A lot late. Is it? I don't care. Okay, that, but that again, book's so good, I could care less. Is it? I thought it was supposed to be every six weeks. It's not like oh, once every no. three months. Yeah. Okay. Month. Well, you know, honestly, it's a nice visit every time it comes out. Again, a lot of story, so I don't mind the delays. Yeah, me either. So, uh, Scott? I was going to say, I think we got to take a look at with uh, both the Superman and Batman is instead of comparing some like Wii 3 or any of this Vertigo stuff, compare it to the Seven Soldiers. I see this all being a continuation. Yeah, Manhattan Guardian. Yeah, but it's kind of like where Seven Soldiers was dealing with like the bottom of the DC universe, he's bringing that same sensibility, dealing, playing around with the, the big two boys. big boys, yeah, the big toys. Yeah, and I think that's where I don't like it as much. Yeah. As much as I like the the Seven Soldiers, because of that, it's a different flexibility because you're well, you are working, yeah. right? You have the freedom to use those characters anyway. Now, but you're dealing with an iconic character that. So you're gonna deny with, Grant Morrison the opportunity to write Superman or Batman? Yeah. Absolutely not. I'm Sal. not gonna deny yeah, it. I'm I not think, gonna necessarily love it. Where the problem? The Just same thing I see. Names Grant Morrison. The same thing I see. I, I'm seeing the same thing as Sal seeing. when I read that Batman issue. I read it and I say. I say, this, 
When you read the All-Star Superman Morrison version, it feels completely natural. Mm-hmm. That Batman doesn't feel natural to me. I, when I, I don't it. get that vibe, honestly. I, that, I, I mean, I, that's, I guess since we're all sharing our opinions. No, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, honestly, I would, I would encourage you guys to listen to... I did DC listen podcast. to it, and it just it still seems... Yeah, but no should I have to listen to it? No, no, you don't, I don't, to, you don't to have to get like a book? it. Sal, you, you don't know, have to like it. No, no, but John, I do like it. I just... I thought it was going to be great, and it's not. It's good. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That he thought it was yeah. going to be a ten. It's an eight. It's seven and a half. And that's seven okay. And, half, and, that's, and okay. that's okay. I think it I, is a ten. Is it the best Batman ever? No. Not but you close. know what? I, I'm really liking the story. Right I'm now. I'm incredibly entertained. And well, not I mean, just, I'm not like just said, Rucka I, and Brubaker. And I liked. I didn't love the Winnick one, but I liked it. We're back that's how on I Batman again. <laughs> I don't know. They were still talking uh, about I was Batman. just trying to defend Superman. There's Super a reason Market. why he's a popular character. No, uh, we'll argue about Supermarket later. Uh, Ted, your top of the stack. My top of the stack, and this is oh. just uh, probably the best one. This is the best one I read last week. I don't know that it's a great Don't comic. spoil it for me. Yeah, I haven't read uh, it yet. I haven't read it, and I love that book. X Factor number 10. Um, writers Peter David, art by Renato Arlem. Um, and I have not read X-Factor before. I started the last time with the Civil War tie-in number nine. Um, and I enjoy the artwork on the story. Um, and I'm kind of enjoying the story and getting into the X-Factor and the multiple man. And uh, in, in this particular episode, he does a lot of strange things and his many personalities as he's floating around there. And it's it's, uh, it's a fun story and it's kind of interesting and I'm curious to see where it goes. Are they going to trade the first eight issues of that? I would imagine they will. Just I don't know. David is such a popular. Yeah. Is there is there any bad? The what? Did you? Hardcover just come out. Of X Factor for X Factor? Really? Are you thinking the Jamie Madder the Maddox or Madrox? Maybe it was the Mad. If 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 you're liking X Factor, I I recommend that that yeah, first Mad. It was so good uh-huh. and that was Ryan Sook. Art, yeah. who was yeah. doing the X Factor for the first six, seven six issues, issues, six issues, yeah. and he's just phenomenal. The, he, the, but, fir- but the, the first six firm- issues of X Factor were fantastic. Okay, no, I to, I'm not a big X Men fan, but I'm really it's, it's, X-Men it's the best right. X book. Yeah. It's the best X book on the shelves. Well, to that's me. Peter David. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, really, Peter that, David's that, pretty idiot proof. You know, I mean, yeah. he doesn't write bad stories. That Madrox been around as long. That Madrox, he does such a great job of. Redeveloping that character. Yes, and I, I agree with that. the guy. I mean, oh yeah, good character. First, like, he, he's, he's not a throwaway character thought, anymore. What the heck is that? Yeah, and he really makes it interesting. No, I agree with that. So, Scott, did you have a top of the stack? Um, I was going to go All Star Superman as well. Okay, but actually, you know, I'm thinking of it since John already took that. <laughs> Supermarket number four. Well. <laughs> number three. Number three. Number Tom four. hates me now. I'm just no, I, I didn't realize there was gonna, I was going to get Pearl Harbor and on this one. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to go with the uh, the Next Wave hardcover. That's cool. The Warren Ellis, Stuart Emelman stuff, just because it's stuff you can turn your brain off to. Pretty yeah. funny. Pretty funny story. we've been talking about that basically it's just a reason to beat people up and kick them when they're down. Fing fam foom and underpants, there's, yeah. nothing oh, yeah. wrong with nice. that. there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely, it's just fun, yeah. funny, uh Action, good art, Stuart Immelman. Artwork, oh, it's yeah. just incredible. Yeah. So nice. That guy and can it, almost do anything. Yeah. And also the the Fury uh, cipher that he had to create for yeah, the story. Uh, yeah. for, what's his name? I can't, I can't his even name, you know. But yeah, he's fantastic. He's not Nick Fury. <laughs> I don't know, but he's, he's good book. Uh, 
Real yeah, good. it's and hates a great organization and and it's God, so it's so weird. Photon, I hate you know. Oh, God, you, well, sorry. all those characters, the captain, yeah, they Photon, all, they all Machine Man, yeah. and well, I like Machine Man actually. I always did. I always did too, but this Machine Man's even oh, better than he ever was. And 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 um, you know, it's just interesting. You know, Warren Ellis, whose yeah. other work, you know, he's obviously awesome writer, but this is just something completely different from him. Where it's just you know. It is completely funny and, and silly, you know, and, and, but yeah. if you know him from his message boards and his and his articles and stuff like that, it's like, yeah, that's Rowan Ellis. I mean, that's the thing. This is this is that part of the. I don't know. I know. It's just crazy at Warren Ellis. Yeah, but even that, I was. I mean, I do know him from those from those. I mean, but I was still surprised because there wasn't nearly that underlying current depth. of, well, depth, but like viciousness. Okay. You know what I mean? Warren, Warren seems to always have that to him, whether he's kidding around with someone on a message board or, or posting on his, you know, bad signal. This is, there's really not that there. I mean, there's some, it's so over the top, any any actual viciousness, it's it's so not. the feeling that he's yeah. going to break a whiskey bottle and put no, it No, I mean, throat. well, he might, but you'll end up, like, you know, pouring the rest of it down your pants and you know it's it's so goofy can it's we give an honorable no. honorable mention speaking of that kind of book uh, to the boys and yeah. two issues re- yeah. and how entertaining yeah. it is oh, yeah. it's it's a guy Ritchie movie in a comic book it yeah really i was thinking is. guy Ritchie pulp fiction it's got some pulp fiction in it sure. it's got uh just those british lad pictures yeah, what they call yeah. the lad pictures and yeah. stuff Layer cake kind of sure, that feeling to sure. it, but just fun and crazy and Shaun of the Dead, yeah. just that kind of craziness to it. Shaun of the Dead's actually in the book. Yes, he is. We, uh, and we, I can't uh, wait to find out where, what we, whatever do his to name him. is. Uh, I can't think of his name. We, it's not Wee Willie. I don't think All I know, I only remember is Billy Butcher and and his dog and the the dog Terror. Fuck that! <laughs> is that <laughs> Terror that's defiling the poor little Shih Tzu on command? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the boys. Has, the that. boys has been. Interesting. I, I was uh, you know, after the first issue of that, I was like, ah, you know, okay, but the second issue was just. Oh, I like them both. Yeah, I, I, I mean, good kick to the yeah. gut. I thought the second issue was better because it actually showed sort of interaction. Yeah. But the first issue was just sort of set up. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and I, but maybe that's why it was smart to do them, uh, you know, two so weeks close apart. Together. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, holy crap, the boys is out yep. already. I, I was very happy yeah. to see it. I design. Yeah. All right, guys, that uh, that will be our top of the stack for the oh. week. But we have a uh, a listener email. That, we have a couple, uh, don't we? Um, just one. We have I, I one did, we're spotlighting, I guess. I, so. I've, yeah, I have one. Okay. I all sent right. you two more, but oh, did that's you all right. right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, we have more listener emails We'll have more listener next emails next week. More yeah. next week. My name is Andrew, and I loved issue number four of Supermarket. <laughs> no, it's, not, it's not in there. Quit ad libbing. No, our... I don't care anymore. I'm fine. I went to the bathroom. Yeah, we'll talk later. I'll buy sure. you a beer. I'll no, explain it doesn't myself. Ma- I, I, I'm not mad. It yeah, doesn't whatever. matter. Hey, guys. He doesn't want to hear your name explanation. I don't want to hear your explanation. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Hey, guys. My name is Andrew, and I live in South Africa. South I Africa. recently got an iPod, but, but, and I love but, your show. That's cool. Good, nothing. I was doing a oh, okay. Lethal Weapon 3. Oh, line. okay. Mm. I'm one of the only comic book readers I know, and it's such a sad thing. Oh, man. I know. <laughs> I read The Watchmen, and... Wait, I read The Watchmen and was hooked. Cool. Then threw, flew through Transmetropolitan, and now I've got too many comics. I don't know which to read first. 
I've read, I've managed to get Fables, The Authority, The Invisibles, Ultimate X-Men, and Civil War. And I don't know which series to start off with. Uh, well, whatever. Um, Just throw them up in the air and I whatever. Supermarket on there. <laughs> Interesting. Well, uh, number what, four. What, was the, what was the list again? Fables, The Authority, The Invisibles, Ultimate X Men, and Civil War. Authority. No, that's interesting. I was I was going to say the Invisibles. He said Fables. And I I mean, don't get me wrong. You as you said, you can't go wrong. I was either going to say Fables or The Authority. But I, I don't know. Authority. Willingham's great. Fables is great. Yeah. Authority's excellent. No continuity. I really enjoyed Sea Guy from Morrison. You guys read it? Yes. No, yeah, I did didn't. You? I, didn't. I, I read it. Oh, it's trippy. It was yeah. cool. It was no, great. It was, no I, that's I your that's your Morrison with depth yeah. that you're looking for. Mr. A, we thought it was good, but not great. You mean the good Morrison? Three, oh. three, ooh. <laughs> guys, are we fucking talking about that? Sorry. Jesus Christ. Three-part like... series. Awesome. Danger Girl is one of my favorites, and Transmember's rad, too. It's Warren, great. Is Warren, well, actually, before this, I wanted to echo something. I just um, reread all the Seven Soldier stories, and if you haven't been reading, didn't read any of that, pick up the trades. Because that is the unspoken of event of the last year that I think. Yes. I brought the yeah. first trade well, for. I think the only thing that screwed that was its schedule. Yeah. Yeah. But I just want to say, if he, I didn't see this on his list, and if he likes Sea Guy, I think he will enjoy Seven Soldiers. Seven Soldiers no, a lot. It's, it's 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 a good series. Okay. Is Warren Ellis working on anything these days? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, everything. Fell. Fell. Yeah. Fell. Does Fell go to South Africa? I mean, honestly, we don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You can order it online or something. Online. That's true. But Desolation Jones is coming back. Desolation Jones. Yes, excellent. Um, what's he doing for Marvel now, other than Next Wave? He's, he was doing Ultimate he wrapped up Iron Extinction. Man. Yeah. He wrapped up Iron Man. I think he's supposed to be doing something else. I know is he doing that Ultimate uh, Power? Oh, the new Universal. But there's plenty of Ellis stuff yeah. out there yeah. that, that he hasn't read yet. You can't yet, swing a dead cat in a comic book store without hitting a Ellis book. Get the, uh, all the stuff he did for Wildstorm, too, like yeah. Red and yeah. Mac. And uh, Red was so good. Destination uh, or Tokyo. What was it called? Uh, Destination Tokyo? No. No, that's De- an old movie. That's uh, an old Ben uh, Johnson there's movie. There's a second <laughs> part of this question. He did the authority Ministry before Transmet, right? No. I don't know. No, he didn't. He didn't. After. Ooh, and I enjoyed Morrison's Fantastic Four, one, two, three, four. It was I, weird. Excellent. It was really excellent. Good. Yeah, really, really yeah, good. Yeah. And a J, 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 Lee? J. Lee? That's what J, I was going to ask. Okay. Pick and up Wii 3 if you series. like Morrison. And I'm thinking about getting Morrison's Kid Eternity. I really love the art style. Outstanding. So dark and gruesome and psychedelic. Woo-hoo. It's so out there, though. I mean, it's like, well, that's, if that's, that's what you're really looking likes. for, I Doom didn't Patrol, like too. I, 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 Doom Patrol, too. Doom Patrol, I like. Marvel Boy. Uh, Marvel Boy is yep. excellent. Um, <laughs> God, I had another one I did. And they're finally uh, releasing <laughs> the Flex Missile. This might influence This might influence what we're going to decide. I must admit I enjoy reading comics when I'm high. Like <laughs> when you're high, you actually discover it. it is meant to fuck with your mind. Um, oh, don't feel bad. The filth. filth. Invisible. Yes. Invisible. Yeah. Invisibles. <laughs> there you the go. Filth. The filth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, really, the, the filth, filth is the Invisible's concentrated. Yeah, yeah. But no, you know, that's don't feel bad, man, because uh, Grant <laughs> was high when he was writing. Yeah, he so was high when he was high. writing, so it doesn't matter. Allegedly. Anyway. Please give me a shout out. You're celebs, damn it. I don't, well, not really. <laughs> Maybe in South Africa we are. Yeah, we might have to make a road trip. in South Africa. We're huge. We're a road trip. Take me to Johannesburg. It's Both fun. all as well. I actually have some extended family in really? South Africa. Is everything well with everyone? Are everything we all good? Everything is well. Yeah. The, move, right. the move is good. We're doing good. We're Keep doing up fun. the great work. Cheers, guys. Andrew.
Thank Very you, nice Andrew. Thank you Thank so much, you, Andrew. Andrew. Glad you found the internet and you can enjoy your comic experience yes. with others because that's that's exactly the kind of thing that Bendis always talks about with the internet in and terms uh, of you know there wasn't a, there wasn't a community. When fuck we were Ben, kids. this is the thing I always talk but about. But it's true there was oh. there wasn't and, a community when we were like, kids. You know, like there is and, now. Andrew, yeah, you're Andrew, right. Andrew, keep do, getting do, high, do, man. Do me a favor. Keep Spark one up and Spark read the exterminators. Up. Read exterminators. Yeah. <laughs> read the invisibles. You'll like yeah, end up crying. Fetal <laughs> <laughs> position. Yeah, I mean your fetal position. Until All right. Well, um, um, that was emails. Yeah, we're we done with. Everything. We're done. We're, we're done talking well. Batman. Yeah, no more. Same no more Batman. Batman. Um, um, we we do have some uh, some announcements. Here. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, um, yes. read uh, Hulk Mythos this week. Paul Jenkins. Yeah. I don't was dish, don't don't harsh on my I'm not harsh I was brush okay I, <laughs> I loved the X-Men mythos issue so much I thought that was amazing it was like this incontinuity I liked it because Cyclops was skinny yeah, it was actually slim. It was Silver Age X-Men. It was when do we start talking about what we don't like? I, I, we don't do no, that I'm on not, this show. No, I'm not talking about what I don't like, <laughs> but I, I loved X-Men yeah. Mythos so much. I was really kind of surprised. Have you guys read Hulk Mythos? Not yet. You guys know. harshing on all sorts of books today. What the fuck? We Mythos don't do that on this show. Guys, guys, adventure's going to be a very read, interesting read, trade. Read Mythos. We'll come back. We'll talk about it next week. Maybe we'll start. No, it'll be the harsh show. The great thing about no, I'm not. I'm not harsh. I was surprised. Go on another podcast. You want to rip on comics? I, Go on. <laughs> no. This is the last no. episode of Around Comics ever. <laughs> All right. It's called Newsarama. Everyone that reads Hulk Mythos, send me an email. Let me know. You can go to Newsarama. I'm sure people are. You know, I read the last issue of Queen of Country. It sucked, Dick. I wouldn't wipe my ass with that book. Donkey balls. I don't know who this Greg Rucka fucker is, but he should stick to like you know He's writing. Green. Maggie, are you listening to this? A woman secret lying. agent. <laughs> Write this down. Yeah, right. A woman secret God. agent. Please. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> don't break bad on the Rucka. Oh, God. Uh, good time. They just Greg. They didn't mean it. <laughs> uh, okay, we are now proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. The CPN is a collection now? of some of the best comic book podcasts Word. on the net. You can learn more about yeah. the network and find more great podcasts at comicspodcast.com. Uh, the forum, everyone, thank you so much this week. Uh, great involvement Thanks, on the guys. multi-purpose stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, but, call, except call, for Andy, you know. Andy Jewett for starting all sorts of posts that have nothing to do with comic books, and I had to delete them and then apologize to him for deleting all his fucking posts. What is Andy doing? Uh, Andy? He's Parks? No, Andy yeah. Jewett. Andy Jewett. Is, uh, uh, he writes, uh, he writes a column, for, yeah, Word for uh, uh, Silver Bullet. And oh, okay. Then, uh, he's yeah, no, I'm just guy. fucking we, with him. We, I'm, we just, I'm just Andy. giving him a hard we love time. Andy. All right, uh, just so everyone balls. is aware, yeah. we post next week's away, topic you know? on Tuesdays at theformataroundcomics.com. I'm Go ahead and tell people. Tell me right. what the topic is. Chris guys. has been dying to say because because, because nobody's going to listen this, this far into the cancel. show. Yeah, this show yeah, is no. like four yeah. hours long. Go go to the forum tomorrow and start posting questions <laughs> for John Byrne. Ooh. Ooh. That's right, folks. <laughs> Next Friday, we're going to have one of the true giants of the industry on. I am uh, shaking right now at the. Uh, he is. At I the, can feel the vibrations. At the thought of. It feels uh, kind of nice. Yeah. I didn't have to spend a quarter. Like at the most. So, uh, yeah. Uh, How the hell did we get John Burns? I have no idea. We backed we? into right. it. I know. Final episode. Mark. It was a rhetorical <laughs> question, Mark. <laughs> so, yes, uh, next week uh, we're going to be... It was for effect. 
We're going to be talking uh, with uh, with John Burns. So uh, the uh, I'm not. I ain't saying shit to him. <laughs> the uh, might, like crawl the thread the will be up tomorrow. So go and uh, and post your questions. Uh, that crazy July, British August Canadian contest. Do we have a winner? Yeah, it's uh, whosoever's last name is D R O Z D. Draws Jersey Jersey Droz? Yeah, he wins. oh, it's Jersey from McFarland yeah, Comics. Yeah. Jersey wins. Hey, what was it? All right. Well, we'll see it. I'll have we'll to post it. it. We'll post, post it. Okay. it on the site. So our, our winner is Jersey, Jersey Drew. Yeah. You win a trade paperback of your choice, twenty four ninety five or less, yeah. and ten, one, ten, ten, ten quarter books and uh, Shazam hundred page extra one I have. So nice, yeah. very nice. Yeah. And we'll post the. Well, actually, we'll post all of them in. Uh, yeah, in all a, the other people. I'm going to try and send you a book. shit, white man? I didn't see you white posting <laughs> nothing. <laughs> oh, the Chuck Man speaks. Yeah. So much angst pissed. in this podcast. I bet today. in the new Peanuts, Franklin's going to be running a website. <laughs> he's always trolling <laughs> <laughs> Franklin can't. Sit down, <laughs> Franklin. I'm going to let so, number five do that stuff. Um, we'll, we'll start. We'll start racking our brains, and uh, we'll come up with a new contest. And we'll announce that next week. Um, listener LCS challenge. Uh, print those flyers out, folks. Uh, vote for us at Podcast Alley. Leave us a review at the iTunes Music Store. Thank you. I know a contest you, we can have. What? Design the word balloon website contest. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. 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 That's laughing. I don't care. Ouch. He's right. I, I, love, I love your podcast, but your site. <laughs> oh. What's with the gray and the black and the red? Did nobody know? Yellow? My God. No, I know. You know I love you, Jeff. <laughs> no, that's cool. So you're right. Get shit away. We're busting a lot of balls tonight. I'm going to have the show. He's, 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 he's got his own magazine, but the site. Oh, yeah. That's true. He does that's have true. a beautiful magazine. Hey, mentioned in Wizard 180. Thanks, uh, Alan Heinberg. Oh yeah! Oh awesome. snap! That's that's cool. We didn't have that. I'm, that's I'm slow stunned. writing. I guess <laughs> I, I thank Alan for the plug. That was cool. Right. Yeah, that, that was, was very nice. Very cool. Uh, you can plug us anytime, especially Chris. <laughs> plug Chris now. Sorry, yes. Now. <laughs> wow, you became a late. Maybe that should be the contest. Plug Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, youcrynow.com. Right. <laughs> Uh, they have an excellent uh, collection. Hey, I, I, I wasn't, I, I didn't have a chance to abuse you last week. I, I wasn't on the show, so I'm, you know, getting it's it all out now. Exactly. It's been building up making for two up, weeks. Making up for time. Sorry, buddy. You know <laughs> I, I love you. I would like to thank Not everyone right. for Al oh, Sal. It's, it's, it's all love. They all know that. So. <laughs> it's the wildest episode ever. <laughs> Around like comics to thank gone everybody wild. on today's panel, my partner in crime and the producer of the show, Sal. The Dick. Tom, we'll talk about Supermarket 4 after the show. Tom, Tom I'm wrong, caters. <laughs> Ted, APOC on the forum. Thanks for dropping by. Thanks for having me. Scott, so good to finally meet you in person. Can someone tell me how to get home? Hey, Scott, how, uh, before you go, how yeah. can uh, people read your column on uh, pop culture? Pop Syndicate. Pop Syndicate, I'm sorry. Pop Syndicate. Uh, every Saturday morning, if I get them done tonight, reviews are uh, new reviews are up. Uh, for the latest week's comic, and then my own website is viewfromthecheapseatsonline.com. All right. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Wednesday's haul. Still doing Wednesday's haul. Yeah. All right. And I actually got that finally listed on iTunes, so I'm hey. happy there. Uh, nice. Awesome. John, do you do a podcast? I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, wordballoon.com, and uh, oh, that website sucks. I believe Brad, <laughs> Brad Meltzer will be on the site by, by ugly site. Thank you, Seth. Uh, but it'll be up and posted uh, by the time this episode airs. And uh, coming later this week, 
Mark Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, nice. nice. Very nice. So very, very, yeah, he's, very he mentioned pleased. on his board that he was doing yeah, your show, I, and then he's done. Yeah. And then you've... Did you're, he's, can he's I, not do doing, we have time for my Howard, Can I tell you guys my Howard Stern moment? Is that, oh, yeah. is that okay? Sure. Oh, he's on, and you know, I got I to gotta bust him because it was funny. He was on uh, Fanboy Radio. Howard Stern? Uh, live. No, no, no. no. Mark, oh. Miller, Mark Miller gave me a Howard Stern moment. It was oh, awesome. I was like, what? I'm, I'm confused. I, I got no fight Scott, with Scott uh, there, in Civil War Three. there's the scene where Spider-Man oh, yeah, unmasks, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's got his uh, press conference, and there's Mike Flags in front of the podium, and they all... I, I, and one fanboy and, uh, fan, and geek speak. Right, comic yeah. geek speak and fanboy radio are represented by the Mike Flags. So Scott, you know, wanted to acknowledge it and said, hey, Mark, so uh, whose idea was that to put the FBR Mike Flag up there? Was it your idea? Was it McNiffin's? And Miller in that great Scottish accent goes... Well, actually, I told Steve to put that other podcaster's name in, John Suntress. And then I'm like, and it was great because they even tried to like pot down it while he was saying my name, which is like this great college radio move, which I love. And it was great. And they're like, oh, man. And, I, and Scott, you know, Scott carried it well. But it, I, I felt like Howard Stern. I was like, wow, that's that's awesome, man. I was going to tell you, so, who, uh, who did you have on? I don't think last your last one, but the one before that. Oh, Ross Ritchie from Boom Studios. Yeah, that was a great awesome. show. What a, man, you know Boom Studios. And I was pissed at you for having him because I wanted to have him on. Get him on. <laughs> he he would love to do it. He's he's a great guy. And, and I love folks, Boom stuff, but that I was, was a great say, interview. That was really I, I really enjoyed. that. He's a cool guy, and he's putting out cool books. It's a comic fan that that really decided, hey, I'm gonna have my own company, and he's doing it right. There's yeah. so many of these companies that they put too much product out and, you know, a bunch of series that never end up finishing. And, God, Wade's going to do John Doe with him yeah, and everything. I think, I, think awesome. there's been, you know? I think there's been maybe one book out of everything that they've put out that, that, I, didn't like? that I didn't like. And, I, and, it's, and, and it wasn't bad. I just didn't care didn't, for yeah, it. Okay. Everything else I've just been blown away by. And the, he's the got cool stuff coming up like Ninja Tales and, and Pirate Tales and stuff. And, um, no, the Enigma. Was it Box? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. looks great. I didn't even know anything about that. Listen, you talk about like, oh, I gotta get this. Yeah. One. Oh yeah. No, I've like, been waiting for that one for a while. Yeah, but I was watching. Talent's great. I like Exile. Exile's Exile very was cool. Good. Yeah, I mean that's the Savage thing. Savage Brothers. He's got Andrew Crosby writing for him. The guy's making a great show like Eureka on Sci Fi Channel. He's got and Giffen, Dematis, Wade. Out. What's that? And they can get issues out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they do. They don't seem to have a problem. No, and I, again, I think they're marketing themselves in the right way and just like, hey, we're going to put these, you know, four issues out, have a trade. You can check that out, and if you like that, then we'll, we'll you know, we'll make more. If they, if they keep Tag, doing what they've been doing, series. they're going to be a force in the next couple oh, of yeah. years. Oh, yeah. No, I think, I think they're a lot of fun, so no, gonna, check yeah, out yeah, some studios. Try. They're just going to tear us apart. They're going to go boom. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right, and, all right guys. a five-hour show. Everyone have a fantastic week. We'll be back again next Monday with another full-length episode with John Byrne. In the meantime, <laughs> we'll be everywhere in and around John Byrne. Oh. <laughs> Yay! If you would like to suggest a topic... Send us your comments or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com or visit the Contact Us section of our website. For that and the latest in comics news and opinions, go to www.aroundcomics.com. Music for the show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next week, where the panel will change, but our mission stays the same bringing you the best in discussion, news, and reviews in and around comics. <laughs>